welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We're on episode 101. Uh, it is nice and early Sunday morning. I'm joined with my co-host, Antaku. What's going on, man? tired but nothing's changed <laughs> yeah another another one of those days um i think i'm just tired just because it's weather it's like kind of whack i know i'm i only got five hours of sleep like i went to sleep around two and i woke up at seven yeah i did that bad. yeah i think i did it about the same well not two o'clock though i want to sleep a little bit after this car went off which thankfully, due to all the violence that we witnessed last night, um, this car went by fairly, I don't want to say fast, but it was, it was paced. It, very it well. didn't feel like a slog. Yeah. And we didn't, uh, like oh, well. my, the, the worst is like when they have the, when they're on pay-per-view. And to me, this is worse than when they do it on FS1, because at least FS1 makes sense. Like on pay per view, and they'll advertise like the upcoming like pay the next pay per view, and they'll do it so incest like like they'll do it so much to the point of like parody. <laughs> it's like don't forget about us guys. Right. It, it's like when they advertise like fight pass to people who have fight pass. Right. Like we're already paying. <laughs> we, right. We don't. We don't need to see this. Dude, just show us the violence so we can go home. Right. Or go on go about our lives, but like we, there wasn't a whole bunch of that. There were some, but because I guess they only have one fight for uh, one fight that matters. I guess for UFC 229, we were saved that. Plus, they have press conferences and shit that coming up that they're gonna try and do. Yeah. So it makes sense when you get a lot of that. And it probably went fast because we did unfortunately lose the fight, but we'll we'll get into that. I was thinking about that. This was a 14-fight card, like, Friday morning. Well. <laughs> like, what the Because <laughs> there were four fights on the undercard, four fights on the prelims, uh, the, the TV prelims, and then five fights on the main card. But that, that so there was, like, there, there were, what, 13? Why was this a fourteen fight card? <laughs> I don't know. They tried they, to squeeze in. <laughs> like we're we're heading in the complete opposite direction where we should be. Where like we should be having where cards should be taking up less of our Saturdays. Like this is like nope. You're going to fucking sit there for an extra hour. Yeah, they. I was thinking. Well, you know what? Even had we had that other fight, I don't envision that fight would have went much. That that fight wouldn't have lasted that long. Mm-hmm. But. I, I could have started going on five rounds to be honest. <sighs> well, 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 I don't know. I guess we'll. I don't say we'll never find out, but <laughs> we'll, ne- we'll never know because the UFC will never let you <laughs> fight for that title ever again. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But um, yeah, we'll we'll get to this card in a little bit. 
Uh, real quick before we go, um, as always, you can listen to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. Um, if you're on iTunes, rate, subscribe, leave a review, send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com, and hit us up on Facebook um, at the Facebook page, uh, Dojo Talk Podcast, all that good stuff. Uh, top listeners for the week, number one, Farnham in the United Kingdom, if I'm saying that right. Uh, number two, Bogart, California. Number three, Clifton, New Jersey. Number four, El Cerrito, California. Number five, St. Mary's, Pennsylvania. Um, and Todd was number six. Cairo, Egypt snuck back in there. So uh, thank you to those uh, random Egyptian listeners, <laughs> you know, who keep keep finding their way back. I'm, I'm curious, like, the, does the viewership go up the week before uh, from Cairo? Does it go up, like, a week before the one cards? Like, a week, like, during and after or before or whatever the one cards? Like, do, do, do we get, like, that little bit of surge in uh, MMA one of, uh, you know, fans from Egypt? Could be. Maybe they just roll over because they think we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Which I will. I'll, I'll give it a, a quick uh, a quick, quick mention, because it actually was a pretty fun card. But uh, we'll start with news and uh, uh, notes and things that happened throughout the week. Uh, so, not not a whole lot, uh, at least compared to last week, where I felt like it was just a laundry list of things that happened. But um, So, fight announcements that happened since the last time we recorded... Uh, we got Claudia Gadelia and Nina Ansaroff uh, will be fighting at UFC 231. Um, UFC Milwaukee got a pretty good number of fights announced. Um, we got Dan Hooker versus Edson Barboza, uh, yeah. Andrea KGB Lee and Jessica Rose Clark, Bobby Green and Drake R. Close, Jack Hermanson and Gerald Merchart. Um, I think those are all the ones from Milwaukee. Then we have Court McGee and Alex Garcia for UFC Moncton. Um, Paul Felder and James Vick verbally agreed to fight in December. I think that Milwaukee card is in December, but it's not signed yet, so I'm, I'm guessing that fight might be on that card, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but either way, those two seem like they'll be uh, they'll be thrown down. Uh, in UFC Denver, we got Ricardo Hamos and Ricky Simon. Uh, UFC 231 uh, also will have Alexander Rochik and Devin Clark. Uh, and at Invicta FC 31, we'll have Felicia Spencer and Pam Sorsen. Uh, we'll be fighting for the vacant featherweight title. Um, and other news outside of the UFC, Eric Silva uh, signed a multi-fight deal with Bellator. And <laughs> Clayson Tibau, who's been getting a couple... <laughs> I feel like we've been talking about him a lot lately for whatever reason. Uh, he, his, his retirement ended after like two days. Um, well, they didn't retire. He, he yeah. got Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he, um, I don't remember if it, the UFC just refused to resign him. Yeah, I think, I think like, that was well, yeah. I think he just didn't get resigned. Yeah, so he, he he was he was immediately fielding offers from like everybody according to him. Yeah, he was he was, yeah. he, was, he, was he was hot in the streets and uh, he, he got picked weird. up. <laughs> right, <laughs> but hey, he he got picked up not not into the destination I think anybody was looking at, uh, but he'll he'll be on that Golden Boy MMA card. Uh, along with Chuck and Tito. Um, he does not have a named opponent yet, but it will be at welterweight. And he says he's feeling pretty good at welterweight. So, um, What's BJ's status, like, contract-wise? Could, 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 we, could we see him fight with DC now? <laughs> I don't want to see that. <laughs> I mean, if they're just going to go for all the old man UFC fighters, like, 
I, I gotta imagine BJ's fight with Ryan Hall has to be like a one-off. Like he 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 can't. He's got to be a free agent after that. I mean, I feel like the UFC just has him signed in like perpetuity. But you know, like what's Rampage's deal with Bellator? Like, does he have a fight coming up? Oh, he has the Wander the Vanderlei fight. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But like, could he could we get that quick turnaround so he could be on this golden boy? <laughs> <laughs> This card is gonna be just. Uh, like I just want all the fights to be sad. I, I just, I'm pretty sure this card won't be that far from that. Like, like they all go the distance. Everybody looks horrible. <laughs> like, it, like everybody's pulling the Houston Alexander Kimbo slice. Like, why are we still doing this? <laughs> Hands on our knees, hacking up lungs. I think shit. this card is gonna be a setup. Like, I think. Like, Oscar De La Hoya is going to find, like, two legit prospects, and they're going to kick off the card, and it's going to be, like, a really great fight. And then after that, it's going to go straight to the 40-year-old men. Like, all of the toughest dads in the world. Well, like, Oscar's whole, like, gimmick, well, not gimmick, is, like, he was, like, big with Mexican-Americans, and, like, that's who he is advertising for. That's why Canelo sells so damn much. So, like, there's already an organization fully committed to doing that and it's Combate Americas so like, like I, I'm, I'm wondering like what, what is his gimmick what is it going to be is he going to continue like I'm going to get all the Mexican Americans to come and watch my fight card or is it going to be like I'm just going to find two random dudes with the UFC and belts or having already snatched up <laughs> I don't know. I think we're going to see a lot of old blood. I think he, I think he should just go the old man route. Just get all former UFC fighters to get fight on one card and let hey it be man. sad. He can he can make the the le- make make it just call it like Legends Fighting Championship and just grab all the old old guys and just, just let them have at it. Just, you know, if they like, if like they don't want to quit on their own, you know, faded golden boy MMA. <laughs> Let them juice. <laughs> just, just, just go all in. Just let them juice. Let them fight in all of their old man, you know, glory, and just, just let it, just, just let it rock out. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But um, I want to circle back real quick before we move on to um, Edson Barboza and Dan Hooker. Um. No easy fights out lightweight. Yeah, yeah. Because this... Barbosa's had like five years being off his life at this point in his last two fights. And, I mean, like he's, you know, he's fighting the young gun. But, you know, he, Hooker's been out here. You know, he, he's, he's been handling business. And I, I want to say, like, I feel like this is a fight that I think Barbosa can win. But... Ugh, I don't know. Right. <laughs> like you said, no easy fights at lightweight. Like I don't, I want to pick Barboza, but I don't feel fully confident in that pick, to be honest. Yeah, like, I haven't thought about like stylistically. Like uh, Hooker is not the aggressive type that, um, like the aggressive wrestler type that Barboza has been recently just been thrown at. Um. He's much more 
like he's obviously like a great counter puncher, um, and he can you know force he he can force you to make a mistake and leave open that uh, leave you open for the right hand. But like I'm I'm trying to think back because I, I feel like there was a time where like we saw Dan Hooker struggle with leg kicks, and it wasn't during his run at like lightweight. And maybe I can find it in my notes somewhere. But like. This, but I, I'm hopeful because both Khabib and um, Kevin Lee hit pretty damn hard. Like they're, they're not knockout artists in the same vein as Dan Hooker, but I, I don't think like one, one punch is going to fade Barbosa because he, he he fought in both those fights. Like he, he was he hurt Kevin Lee like three rounds into his ass whooping. Mm. And he, he was still swinging in the third round when he came down to Khabib Nurmagomedov. I'm just worried that those fights just, you know, they, they zapped what was left of his prime. Yeah. Those, those are the kind that just kind of, like you said, that, that'll beat a couple years off your career. Like, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I like that fight, though. I like that Hooker's getting a, he's getting a name. And if you're going to prove yourself against anybody, that's, that's a legit name to have on your resume if you can pull that off. So um, yeah, we'll 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 see how that goes. But best of luck to both of them. I don't, that's just it's not an easy fight going either way. Like I, I don't think if you're if you're Hooker, I, I don't think you can look at Barboza at like oh he's just he's was once that guy and now he's kind of fading. Like he's still dangerous. He's still you know there are no yeah. easy outings. And when you get knocked off the lightweight ladder, it's a long fall back down because thirty million people are gonna climb over you. Right. So. This is a Fox card, by the way, which is awesome because oh, that yeah. fight, this fight deserves to be on the seen by everybody. So, Fox card also so it'll be four fights. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Get out nice and early for <laughs> that de- December fifteenth, so you can go play in the snow or something. Yeah. So that'll be awesome. Um. Before we move over to UFC, I'll give quick mention to uh, the one championship card because I did get a chance to watch uh, some of this while I was at work. Shout out to one championship uh, and their app. It's pretty awesome. Uh, So one championship beyond the horizon. Uh, This was headlined by Jingnan Zhang and Samara Santos uh, Cunha. This was Strawweight, correct? I want to say. Yeah. Wait, what was her name? Uh, which one? The, the, the challenger. Uh, Samara Santos. Cunha. Okay, okay. Because I heard, I heard the last one. I didn't see the name in front of me when I was on um, Topology. Yep, so this was a strawweight title fight. Um, <laughs> Zhang hits really hard <laughs> for somebody her size. Um, but she, I mean, she is pretty sturdy, but like she, she hits really hard for a strawweight. Um, the fight ended... Some some people thought it was because at one point there was a, a she did like a spinning back kick, and I don't know if that was what caused the damage or the ending strike, which was something I don't think we see often. She threw a standing hammer fist, um, and just like kind of cracked Samara, and she just kind of fell back, and it was it was actually kind of scary because when she fell, she didn't get up for a while. Like it looked really bad, like something was wrong with her. But as far as I know, I, I think she's okay. Um, but it was it was a really good performance from Zhang, um, and the storyline from this fight is Angela Lee uh, will be coming up to fight her. Uh, I guess in a 
you know, that'll be like a one championship super fight kind of deal. Um, I I'm like. Watch, I'm, watch, I'm sorry, I'm watching the ending right now, and like, like, and the ref calls the fight, and Sean immediately goes down and tries to like. I think she's like trying to get her mouthpiece out and everything, and like the yeah, ref like because yeah, she was she, yeah, she was like calling to the ref, like because it, it looked like something was just wrong, like right, yeah. So good, good sportsmanship on her because she could. She could have went in and landed another shot, and she didn't need to. Like she landed that hammer fist, and just kind of let it go. Um, but Angela Lee coming up to fight Zhang, that's gonna be a tough fight. Cause that's a that's a good fight. It's it's a good Zhang is crazy strong. She hits really hard. That's that's gonna be a tough one for Lee. That's that's gonna be a really tough fight. But that that's a I, I'm not mad at the matchmaking. That that looks potential fight of the night written all over it. I like to point out it's probably also the first time Angelique's gonna fight somebody who's her size. Right. <laughs> I, I am one hundred percent convinced she's the only person in the one who's allowed to cut weight. <laughs> yeah. So be be on the lookout for that fight, which will be happening pretty soon, I think. This is gonna be a quick turnaround for John. Oh really? Yeah, I think that fight's supposed to happen still like this year. Oh well, I I was seeing um like March. Or is it March? I thought it was this year. I could be wrong. Uh, they, they still got dates to fill this year. It could happen. Either way, keep, keep an eye out on that on that one. Um, co-main event was Amir Khan and uh, Anario Benario. Um, Amir Khan has just been wrecking shop lately. Um, I figured this fight would be pretty violent, and it was it was pretty good. I don't remember it in much of detail because I was watching this card while I was at work, so I couldn't catch everything, but... Um, Khan looked good, ended up winning via rear naked choke. Um, he's just had a nice little streak going as of late. Um, there were a couple kickboxing fights on this card, but I don't remember anybody's names, but they were pretty fun <laughs> from what I saw. Um, and the last fight I'll mention, uh, Edward Kelly and Christian Lee. Uh, Christian Lee had a really good performance, and unfortunately it was null and void because he landed a suplex, which I did not know was illegal in one, apparently. So he he slammed Edward Kelly like on his head and just grounded and pounded him. Um, it was weird because I was watching the fight while it was muted. I even called my coworker over. I was like, "Yo, watch this KO. This is vicious." And like Lee slams him and he, you know, landing ground and pound. And I, I thought he won. And then you see the ref walk over and talk to him. And it's like, "Oh, that's not a victorious talk. It looks like something bad happened." Right, and then I found out, yeah, he got he got disqualified, so the win went to Edward Kelly, but you know, Lee, Lee was definitely <laughs> winning that fight. But you know, oh, other bit of news that I completely forgot about until we started talking about one. Um, so we we know that the boxer, um, the dude who beat uh, Sorung beside the dude who beat. Uh, Chocolatito Gonzalez, he's going to be fighting in 1FC. Like, uh, when was it? Um, Soon. It's going to be in the card that Shinya Yoki is going to fight Ting for the uh, in a title eliminator for. Um, uh, October 6th. Um, also on that card, uh, as you mentioned a couple weeks ago, Andy Sauer versus Anthony Njikawani. But also on that card, we have Tenshin Nasakawa's 15-year-old sister having a kickboxing fight with Rudzma uh, Ab- uh, Abu- uh, Abubakar. Jesus. Yeah. 
So, you know, that's something to look out for if you're real if you're into one. Wow, that's a really good card. Fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you remember um what's her name? God. Erica Nasu it was not Nasukawa. It was Erica Nakamura. She was like uh like her whole gimmick was that she was like the um the high school kickboxer, she fought in shoot. Uh, she fought in the shoe boxing tournament and beat. Uh, I think she beat Reyna. I think she beat Reyna. I could be wrong. It's gotta be weird just looking across, like the cage or the ring, and your opponent's fifteen, but they like give you that work. Like, <laughs> uh, Yeah, no, that's yeah. That, that, I can't. That's a good feeling. Let's see, uh, uh, she beat say he, uh, she beat ha uh, say he hum, man, and right up in an exhibition match. That's, I mean, that's exhibition, but still, like, that's wow. I, I, I don't, <laughs> 15 yeah, I... year old, just god, what was I doing at 15? I was playing football. I don't know what I was doing at 15. I was not doing anything that great, though. You weren't, you weren't fighting adults. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but, yeah, shout-outs to her. That's that's awesome. Um, you get to be in front of, like, all those people. That's... I don't know. I feel like I had a 15-year-old. That might be kind of fun, though. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you're like, a 15, you're invincible. Like, yeah, yeah. You're not really thinking about, like, the pressure. And, like, you're just probably just having a blast. Hey, man. Go, go. And you're getting paid too. Yeah, go go get your money. Go put hands and limbs and knees on people. Right. Go have fun out there. But um, yeah, man, one championship was a pretty uh pretty awesome card. Uh, from the bits and pieces that I got a chance to see, um, I don't think either one of us got a chance. But just in quick boxing news, uh, Sean Porter uh, beat Danny Garcia via unanimous decision last night. I don't think either of us really got it. I caught the tail. Oh, actually, you know what? I lied. By the time I turned to the fight. They were literally reading the scorecard, so I missed the whole fight. Um, Amir Khan fought Vargas, I think was the guy's name. Uh, yeah, Samuel Vargas, I think. Yep. Uh, he won, I think, via decision, I want to say. Uh, another fight I did not get a chance to catch at all. Hurt both of them got dropped. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't comment too much on that fight because I just I didn't really get a chance to see it. But for anybody who's interested, uh, Amir Khan won. And quick fun fact uh yesterday during this well yeah yesterday all across combat sports three people with the name americon won fights so you know there, there's that Truly a boxing. magical day <laughs> right i think it was uh americon in boxing of course americon won and there was a guy there was a guy on ab on acb on the acb card his first name is americon and he won so apparently there's some some magic in that name somehow Makwan Amerikani was MIA. Right. <laughs> he, got, he got him next time. But that was one championship and all the other little little happenings that happened this weekend. Uh, so, we'll just get to it, man. UFC 228 went down yesterday uh, in Dallas, Texas. Headlined by Darren Till and Tyron Woodley. And so we'll just we'll just run this from the top. Um, well, I guess you know before we get started, let's, let's do, we, do we want to talk about the uh, 
the the fight that never was. Yeah. Um. So if you, you I mean, you all watched the damn card, you know. Uh, Valencia Shachenko, uh, Nico Montano did not end up happening. Um, the day of weigh-ins or the, day, the, the the yeah, like the morning of weigh-ins. Uh, Nico Montano was rushed to the hospital. Um. I believe her team came out with a statement saying that she had a, she was on the break of like a kidney failure, something along those lines. Yeah, I saw, uh, um, somebody posted a text message. They were saying, um, yeah, they were keeping track of like her kidney function. Yeah, um, Montano came out and said something along the lines of there was a, if she hadn't gone to the hospital, she might have like died. So there's that. Um, the UFC uh, stripped her of her title, and Dana White is planning on making Valentino Shevchenko versus TBD for the flyweight title sometime in the future. I'm assuming it's going to be Joanna Janjacek. That's the only logical opponent I can see for Shevchenko at the moment, since the flyweight's still working itself out. And I don't think Dana White would be too keen on putting, uh, like, a Sajara, uh, Sajara Eubanks in there, considering she also missed weight in her title fight attempt. So, I, I think that's probably what's in the works. Um, Joey actually had a great idea that um, they they should just put Shevchenko versus Yenjechik on that, uh, that Cyborg Nunes card. And um, Rose Nama Yunus next defense on the card, too. He's making an all women's card. Hey, I'm 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 there for it. I got I, this idea I pitched back when they had like Ronda Rousey. It was like going to be a, no matter who she put her up against, it was going to be like a guaranteed million buy. I was like, just put all of the women's titles on the on the line. Right. But uh, like the, the perfect opportunity, everything's lining up. You know, you can go out on um, try to get some of those fans of Cyborg to like some of these other women. And to her credit, Cyborg actually kind of promotes a lot of these other women. She was tweeting last night about like Amanda Serrano's boxing match. Uh, she was, you know, tweeting about Valentina Shevchenko and wanted to see her fight. Like, you know, so. I feel like women across all sports have been showing out this week. Dude, so. dude, it's a great weekend if you're a fan of um, women in sport. Uh, women in sports, like you know, you had the U.S. Open. Um, I can't remember her name, like Osaka. Yeah, she she won at 20 years old. That's that's crazy. Yeah, she'd be arguably the greatest uh, athlete of this, you know, of the 20th century in Serena Williams. Um, you know, w, uh, WNBA Women's Finals are happening. Uh, you know, it's today, but not for y'all. Y'all, it's in the past, but there's going to be a game today at 3.30. Uh, you know, Mystics, uh, Storm, first game was great. Seattle's super fun to watch. Uh, Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird are just incredible. Um, so, and they're going to be going for their third title. So, well, Sue Bird will be going for her third title, and the Storm, not uh, Brianna Stewart, is going for first. And then we got <laughs> all and, of the women fights on this card left something to talk about. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, but we'll start from the top, man. Tyron Woodley, Darren Till, um. I think we don't give enough credit to how smart Tyron Woodley is, or maybe not like not us specifically, but like fans overall, because this kind of just shows that he's a lot more 
game plan oriented than we thought. Like, it's not like he's out there just, I'm waiting on my chance to counter, you know? He's actually putting thought into what he does. And this showed here. I thought it was interesting because I was watching one of, one of like, little pre-fight shows. And they were showing um, the training that he was doing. And the guy he was training with was saying, um, well, you know, like, Dill, I mean, I called him Dill. <laughs> Till is taller than you. So he was, like, they were practicing, like, a one-two and then duck under and, like, kind of, like, get an underhook. Which we saw him use an underhook, have Till up against the cage for a while. Um, there were just other things in that training clip that I saw that showed that, like, Woodley seems like he's a student of the game. Like, he's looking at every opponent, anybody who might be a threat to him or who he might see climbing up the ladder, he's studying you before you even get there. Right, right. He's making sure he knows all of your strengths, all your weaknesses, all that good stuff. Um, Yeah, man. (laughs) There aren't many people I've seen like Woodley, regardless of how you might feel about his performances, um, just neutralize people so well. Like... Everybody looks good until they fight him, and then it's 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 a different story. Like <laughs> you could say that like literally about almost all of his title defenses. Like we we watch Wonder Boy razzle and dazzle and put on all these great performances. You know, Woodley shuts him down. We watch Damian Maya have just this resurgence at welterweight at forty years old. Woodley shuts him down. Makes and him I, I like to point out he did it with like a torn what you call it bicep. Did he tear his bicep in that fight was something else? There was some kind of injury he had. Yeah, and that that has kept him out of competition since. Right. So I uh, just just nullified him. Just whatever you're good at, it doesn't matter because I got something for it. And the one thing I was wondering about this fight, um, hmm. I picked I picked Woodley to win just because I felt like he had more ways to win, and I just I I like Darren Till's talent, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But I was like, I wonder if... Sorry, like, the talent's all there. But, like, we have not seen him put it together in ways that matter to be a champion. That and, like, his... He has a, a, a solid body of work, but, like, your most notable win was against Cerrone, who I... You know, and this is no slight to him, but... You know, size difference. Cerrone's not the same. He's he's still game. He's he's still talented, but he's not the same guy who who was going on runs earlier in his career. So I look at the body of work, and I'm like, I just I haven't seen enough to make me believe that you can go up to Woodley and just take this belt from him. And right. one thing I was wondering about this fight was uh, if there's one criticism of Woodley or like a flaw that we've seen from him in the past like sometimes when guys pressure him he, he doesn't do so well so like i wonder if till can just pressure him get aggressive maybe land something catch him with something but it just didn't work like when woodley came out being light and nimble on his feet i knew something is this this was about to be a problem yeah, he looked leaner <laughs> than normal yeah he looked smaller he looked like he dropped some of that that muscle mass like he he kind of leaned out a little bit. Yeah, like like you like one thing I wasn't expecting like even if we did get like um you know a more active, more aggressive Woodley was him just throwing combinations. Like you, yeah, he's always struck me as like a one punch type of dude. 
to me, my thought during this fight was like, Woodley's being nimble, he's throwing combinations. I just felt like this was all a bait. Like, he was waiting to land that right hand, but he didn't want it to look so obvious. <laughs> so, like, you know, um, I'm trying to think of some... We've seen other fighters, like, you know what their game plan is, and they don't really hide it. I felt like he had that right hand on standby the entire fight, but he just needed the moment to... He needed Till to throw something. Yeah. <laughs> when that's, a, that's the other storyline about this fight. Like, Darren Till even... threw three punches. <laughs> And that was another reason, (laughs) and I told, I I was talking with somebody about this on Twitter, and I was like, like, I can't be fully in on tilt, because we've seen that in other fights, he's not, he's not a volume guy, like, he doesn't throw a ton, he's powerful when he does land, but he doesn't throw a ton, like, he's not... He's not razzling and dazzling combos out here. Like, he's a cutthroat Connor, and, like... The truest sense where he'll throw the left hand, like he'll extend on the left hand when he throws it, and he'll back you up, and he'll he'll make you he'll make you like hurt if you if you just sit there. But like he's not a counter puncher, which is like the most bizarre thing because like a lot of his game involves him like stepping back and hitting him with the left hand. But like when Woodley and we saw this with the Thompson fight when Woodley would throw or when Thompson would throw. What was um what was Till's best defense? He would literally just like jump like six feet back and just let Thompson circle off the cage. And then he did the same thing in the first round with Woodley. Woodley came out hella aggressive and Thompson uh, Till just completely shut down, and he ends up throwing like two punches the entire round. Yeah, I I, I think I'm pretty sure he he, he had it got, got gotten caught off guard. Like I think he thought he was just gonna be able to just kind of back him up. And Woodley wasn't really having any of that. Like, he came out really aggressive. He had a nice little flurry in the beginning. Um, pushed him up against the cage. Kind of roughed him up a bit. And you know, like I said, by the end of the first round, Till only threw, like, two punches. And it just felt like a setup because in the second round, it, he got, like, slightly more active. Which isn't saying a ton because he literally barely did anything in the first. But it was a setup because it was like, Woodley's just waiting for you to, like, overcommit. Or just catch you on good time and then it's over. And Till, uh, I think he threw like a right hand. I don't even know if it fully landed. But like he was getting a little bit aggressive. It looked like he was about to turn it up. And as soon as he tried to close in, right hand cocks back. <laughs> floors him. I mean, props to Till for surviving all the ground and pound that he ate. Because he hammer fist and elbows. Like it, it was looking bad. He, he was trying his best to survive out there. But, um, like, yeah. it's it. And so that was like a night of like weirds. Like, you had uh, the two of the biggest fight differentials, like punch strike differentials, I think you've ever seen him, like, in the UFC. In two of these fights, you had weird, the same weird submission from the back, like, from backpack in two fights. Right. You had a one punch, uh, woman's troll weight, uh, <laughs> KO. Which almost never happens. Um, like it's just it's just weird. And then you have Tyrone Woodley, who's just all of a sudden like a volume guy. Right. He's he's winning by, a volume guy and in uh, a BJJ black belt now after <laughs> after winning via dark choke. 
And he just slipped, he's just slipped his hand under there ever so calmly. Just, I don't think Till really knew what was going on. I think he was still kind of, kind of out of it, man. He was just in survival mode, just trying to live to see another day. And, uh, Woodley just snuck that darts in, and a couple seconds later, that was, that was all she wrote. Yeah. Um, like, it really feels like he took the wrong lessons from, like, the Wonder Boy fight, where Wonder Boy was the more active dude against the fence, but it didn't matter because Till thought he had the left hand in his back pocket for the entirety of the fight. Where, like, he didn't have to counter, and he didn't have to be uh, he didn't have to throw he he could just wait and feel him out and eventually he'll land it like the lesson from that fight should have been like i i either need to counter or i need to th- throw something cuz i almost lost a fight but he was like no his, his lesson was basically i'll get him eventually It uh did not <laughs> did not turn out so well. Like I'm trying um, to think of a positive, and like the only ones I can think of is still stop the takedown. Yeah, like yeah, he. I mean, he stopped the takedown. Um, he 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 showed some some toughness in just being able to survive that onslaught for as long as he did. Um, and shouts to Woodley because that was like some precise ass ground and pound, like. Till wasn't doing a great job of, like, grabbing him or pushing him away. But, like, Woodley was still, like, bridging with his arms and, like, pushing Till's arms out the way to, like, get the ground and pound in there. He basically landed everything he threw. Yeah. This this was one of Woodley's best performances. Like, I I don't, I have have nothing bad (laughs) to say about Woodley from this fight. Like, you, you can't. You can't really draw up a better a better picture. Like he he executed everything perfectly and for any criticism that you you know gave him for the Wonder Boy fight or any of his past fights, like you you can't be mad at this. Like Right. Like he he did everything he he did everything all the critics wanted him to do. He put uh he he threw, he Knocked the guy down. He finished him. Put him away inside two rounds. Like, yeah. no, no criticism whatsoever. Yeah. So, um, good luck to whoever has to fight him next. Uh, good luck to his single. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's dropping next week. <laughs> uh, what, what, what was this? What's the song called? Uh, I'll I'll, I'll beat that ass or something. Like that. <laughs> Featuring Wiz Khalifa. Hey, at least he got a feature. <laughs> what's going do a feature everybody though like if, if you got a name what's going do, do a feature with you like he, he's got what's going got two features with john cena like <laughs> come on i don't know we'll 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 see i'm not gonna hold my breath on that one but you know i hope it charts <laughs> <laughs> just just because the whiz feature <laughs> lofty ambitions i wonder if he's got a full album coming or is it just gonna be a single uh, uh, this, this is a very good question. Well, I want to know well, what he's rapping about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like the title of that that uh, that song is pretty uh, it's pre- pretty cut and dry. And I mean, he, you can't argue with him because he he really does it for a living. So <laughs> this this is the most um 
This is the most valid single from an athlete since uh since Roy Jones dropped uh Can't Stop Me. Right. <laughs> so yeah, man, it's it's not a ton to dissect in this Woodley fight. Like he he just really handled business, and I hope the Covington fight is next because I want to see Covington get starched. Um, I, I have a question for you. Where where do you think Till should go next? Does he go? Should he go up to middleweight? I think he should. Like, I think if you go up to middleweight. Well, I don't know how hard his weight cut was because he came in at a good weight. Then he was he one sixty nine. He was one sixty nine, but like, that, I just that feel felt like more like out of spite than like I was like, oh, this was easy. I'm gonna come down to one. I think he just wanted to make one sixty nine so he could flip the audience yeah. off like he did. Yeah, I, I feel like he should go up to middleweight because like we're starting to see this more, man. Guys are realizing it's not worth cutting all this weight to have this these advantages when you're just depleting your body so now you can spend your camp really just improving as a fighter instead of worrying about the weight cut the entire time and i mean you you look at the top of middleweight there are some good fighters there but a lot of these guys are breaking down like <laughs> a lot of these guys are getting older you know i mean like, yeah look- like chris weidman and luke rockhold and yoel romero for whatever reason holding on to their runs at middleweight like these are guys who should be fighting at 205. Yeah. So it's like, he's still young. This is the perfect time to go to middleweight. Like, you're a young dude. You're still, you know, obviously really talented. You go up to middleweight, you'll, you'll probably feel a ton better. Not having to punch harder. Right. And I'm pretty sure, like, his, his power will translate up there. His skill set will translate up there. You know, like I said, it's it's the, the we we call it the tough dad division for a reason. You'll you'll be the young guy in the tough dad division. I mean, he is a dad, but as Stokes pointed out, he doesn't really care about his kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, just just go to middleweight. I'm pretty sure you can pluck off some old heads up there. Dude, just like, go, just yeah, you cut less weight, you eat more. Yeah, you know, you're forced to spend time with your children. <laughs> it's it's a win-win exactly it's a like i don't like and you've said this before uh i mean kind of different but same concept like we watched anthony smith go up to 205 and became like a top five 205er within like the span of like a week right like that you, you can't tell me darren till can't be <laughs> Derek brunson right <laughs> Like go go up to middleweight, get like two wins, and you'll probably get a title shot like right after. I mean, because the UFC loves you, so you know they're gonna be foaming at the mouth if they can give you a title shot that you deserve. So especially Bisbing's old title. Yeah. And especially if Robert Whitaker still has it. Yeah. So... You, you got your Brit, you got your Brendan versus Australia fight right there. It's like tough. Oh. It's like tough nations two or three or whatever. <laughs> But it's, yeah, just it's, I feel like it's a win-win. It's, it's a win-win to go up to middleweight. That that's that's definitely where I think he should go. I mean, like um, the, the 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 current two top middleweights are former welterweights who decided they had enough cutting weight, or or in Gastelum's case, just decided that he's just gonna eat whatever the fuck he feels like. <laughs> so, yeah, like why not? Hey man, it's. Like I said, I, I I hope more fighters just 
Well, we don't need to see the cut the weight, man. If you're if you're talented, your your talent will shine through. Right. It'll 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 carry you as long as you're out here working hard. You're doing what you're supposed to do. I don't think the weight is gonna make that much of a difference. But um, Gaston we'll hasn't see. even improved since he was at welterweight. He's still like <laughs> <laughs> still out here sleeping, dude. It's crazy to me. He literally almost knocked out Chris Wyman. If that fight would have lasted like thirty more seconds, he probably would have knocked Chris Wyman out. That's crazy. But yeah, man, I, I'm still you know we'll, we'll see what happens with Darren Till. I hope he does go to middleweight. I think that would be a good look for, good look for him. Uh, I'm hoping Woodley. I hope Woodley Covington happens. Like I said, I just I want to see Covington get starts, and I think Woodley's the perfect guy to do it. So um, I just want. I, I think the the media from that fight will just completely. Oh, it's gonna be bad. Yeah, oh, it's gonna be bad. Like if we think Wilder Fury is gonna be bad, like yeah, this is a. I I just I just I just wanted to kill the sport. <laughs> like I want to know what it takes. For <laughs> yeah, this, this the the trash talk in that fight. Not even between Woodley and Covington. I'm just thinking of like the social media between just fans. It's it's, it's that's gonna be unruly. That is a uh, what? Tell, just words of Woodley. Just start. You know, hit, hit get those blocked words. That blocked words was ready. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that that mute button. Have it. Make your make your mute game strong because you 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 gonna need it. <laughs> but shout outs to Woodley man, just amazing performance. It was a great way to cap off this card because this card was just so good from top to bottom, and that was just it was like the perfect send off. Right. Um. And I, I guess we'll we'll just go on to the co-main event since we lost um, uh, Shevchenko and Montano. The co-main event uh, was Jessica Andrade and Carolina Kovalkovic. I will say I was. I'm not gonna. I was surprised that they made this the co-main event, but I'm really happy they did because it deserved like whatever spotlight slash bit of shine that you get with your co-main event status, especially on yeah. pay-per-view. So, and props to Andrade for milking that for all it's worth. Man, um, this this fight made me extremely happy and then like extremely sad at the same time. <laughs> Cause I really like Carolina, and ugh, yeah, she like, seems really nice. Uh, right, she seems like a really nice person, and I just I didn't want to see her get hurt like that. But like watching Andrade just <laughs> just do what Andrade does is just it's it's always fun and just amazing to watch. Um, straight from jump, no time wasted. Andrade comes out throwing bombs. <laughs> it uh, it almost looked like Carolina was about to be done within like the first thirty seconds, but she she survived the 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 beginning barrage. Um, she did she got off a little bit of her own offense. Dude, um, when she would punch and move, she, she was clipping Andrade pretty hard. Yeah, she she caught her a few good times. She was working the clinch, which she's known for. Um, she caught Andrade with a nice little combination that she landed. But my fear in this fight. And we all saw it unfold in real time. Carolina is a, 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 just one of those like master technicians. But Andrade is just like, she just hits with like the force of like a mythical being. Like it's just, you're not gonna survive <laughs> one of those onslaughts. And 
Carolina for all the you know the 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 good moments she had. It was just it just felt like a matter of time because she she would get into these little mini slugfests and it's like you're I get it you're a great technician, but if you get into a brawl with her and you you just stay in the pocket a second too long, you, it's it's not gonna end well. And I almost felt like she. She, she was doing good, like I said. She landed a nice little combination that somewhat looked like it startled Andrade. But I still think she herself was not all the way there. Um, like, she was just kind of in fight-or-flight mode. Because in the ending flurry, she kind of just ducks down. But she's not, like, looking at what's happening. Like, she kind of, like... She's, here's her eyes closed. Yeah, like, she her face is literally looking down at the ground. She's just throwing, just trying to just do something. It's pretty clear at that point that she's just mentally exhausted. Right. (laughs) And it's only been like one minute into the fight. And Andrade has just been unloading all kinds of just everything. Just throwing the kitchen sink at her. She's just trying to stay above water. And her head ducks down. She's not looking. Her head comes back up. It meets Andrade's fist. And she just... Her Ow. head snaps. Snapped. Like, Ugh. like neck break snap. Just Andrade also was following up with a left hook, but it it kind of like I, I want to say she didn't put full force on it, like, and it just kind of t- like patters against the side of Carolina's head, and you can see her neck snap back the other way. Yeah. Ew. Oh my god. Yeah. One of the most brutal knockout punches <laughs> you'll ever see. Um like this this fight was like a a bad matchup for Carolina from like the jump because she's a snowball fighter. Like her whole thing is I'm going to set the pace of the offense and I'm eventually like I'm going to work through my I'm going to work through all my attacks and I'll eventually find something that works and I'll keep going back to it. So if she can't set the pace like she she she's kind of just shit out of luck, and no no you're not gonna get like unless you are Yoanni and Jacek, and you have just a mastery of just all phases of striking where you can fight going forward and backward and in the clinch and like you know at at, at um at range and on the inside like you're just not going to be able to set the pace against Andrade because. Very few women in this division hit hard enough for her to just like get knocked off her game. And we saw Kovalkiewicz crack her a few times with some really good stuff as Andrade was coming in, and Andrade just kept going. And that's that's the scary part is like, and we we saw it in some of her other fights. Like she can keep this pace, like her cardio still it holds up. So it's like. She's, like, fighting, like, a mix of, like, I hit hard, like, a prime Vanderlei, but I have, like, the pace of a Nate Diaz. She fights like John Lineker. Like, it, yeah. it, 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 she's, <laughs> she's, she's 115 uh, John Lineker. Like, it's not, like, it, 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 she gets called, like, um, I, I think there's a lot... I think there could, there's a little bit more to her tactically than people give her credit for. Like, she forces these exchanges for a reason. Uh, she's very good at keeping herself, like, above her feet and being able to... Yeah, put your stuff in the dryer. 
and being able to uh, crack. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, being able to, um, you, you know, take the punch, basically. Like, it, there's a lot more to it than, like, she just goes out there and swings. But, like, she has perfect weight transfer on her punches. That's why she's able to do it for 15, 25 minutes at a time and not be tired, despite the fact that she is throwing bombs. Right. So, like, there's more to Andrade than just straight-up brawler... Uh, Chris Lieben style, I guess. But, like, I, I, I... I'm not sure Rose can beat her. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how that that fight goes. Because it's just like... Boy, Rose is going to have to have some really good footwork and stay on that pedal and just not... You, you, <laughs> you can't engage in any firefight. Like, you can't even entertain it. Well, like, if when it comes to that distance, you just have to grab her. And I'm not sure that's what Rose wants to do. Because that's what Yoana did. Like, whenever it would get to a situation where um, Andrade would be on the inside, she would invite the, she would either invite Andrade into the wrestling phase, or she would just grab a clinch and just disengage. And I don't think Rose, not, like, has that in her arsenal. Like, she's a fantastic range striker. She's great at like exploding inside on like, and coming in on distance. Like that's how she knocked out Joanna. But like, if Andrade event when Andrade eventually gets on the inside, like what what are Rose's options? Yeah, because we've seen Andrade uh, that that Claudia fight showed a lot in terms of uh, <laughs> she, she's crazy strong. She will dump you on your head, like. Dude, yeah. pound for pound, she might be the strongest fighter in like MMA, like yeah, relative is, to her competition. She is. She's. She's a tank. And yeah, like you said, it's it's scary because it's not. It's not just raw. It, it looks that way. It's not just raw. Just crazy talent where she's just like winging everything, and it's it's chaos. But it's still a bit controlled. Like she she definitely knows what she's doing. But it's just scary because she just she she never stops. Like she's always in your face a hundred percent of the time. And it's like if you don't have a certain skill set to defend against that, I can't say it's gonna be a long night. It's gonna be a short night because she's gonna kill you and get you out of there. Um, I want to say it's like the second or third time she stopped somebody with strikes in the in the, um, the UFC. It could be wrong. Man, because it was no. Jessica Penne. Um. Let's see, uh, Jessica Penne, she, uh, she guillotined uh, Larissa Pacheco. So, yeah, this is only the second time she stopped somebody with strikes in the UFC. Which is crazy to me, because everything she throws looks like it hurts. Incredibly. <laughs> it looks like you should die from almost every punch. Right. But, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, Jessica Andrade, I hope she gets that... Uh, title shot I, I know and we'll, we'll get to suarez later um no nah, I, I think andrade deserves that title shot i mean dude like look at her run it's cordia Godot, tisha torres curl nikovakavich that's three top five fighters right that she's beaten like dominant fashion but yeah one-sided dominant by the end of the fight the other woman looks like she's been through hell fashion right so yeah andrade keep Keep just going out here and just killing people, but 
I just want to give Carolina a hug. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> when her head snapped back and she was just like, just laying, I just I felt so bad. Just like, is she all right, man? Like, I just, she didn't. I didn't want. I, I wanted to see that, but like, I didn't want to see that. Like, you know. Ugh. But Andrade's gonna Andrade, man. I, I hope. I hope the UFC does do uh, that three women's title fight card. So and we get. Andrade, uh, Namajunas on that card because they both deserve that audience. And those fights will deliver. Like, I have no doubt that. Oh, absolutely. I can't yeah. imagine, like, Rose Andrade being any type of dull. Yeah, there's, there's, there's not going to be a staring contest. Some, they're, they're throwing. Somebody's catching hands and feet, and it's, it's going to be violent. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, Jessica Andrade, the amazing performance, just Definitely a candidate uh, up there somewhere. I ain't gonna put it at the top, but K- KO the year. She's up there somewhere. She uh, she she delivered a sleepage that <laughs> that that's gonna be on a lot of highlight reels. So dude, if she gets that title fight before the end of the year. She might be fighter of the year. Mm. Especially if she sleeps. Mm-hmm. If she sleeps, Rose. Man, but. We'll we'll see how how that goes. I'm I'm pretty. I hope she gets that title shot, but we'll we'll see what happens. But shout out to Andrade, man. That was, that was an amazing performance. Um, from from one amazing performance to a, another amazing finish. <laughs> the beat Magomed Sharapov uh, took on Brandon Davis. Uh, I, first, shout out to Brandon Davis just for stepping up and taking this fight on 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 short notice. Um, we, we already lost the co-main event. It would have really sucked that <laughs> we lost this fight also so I- i'm glad he did step up uh, and take this fight and i mean for for, for what it's worth i mean he, he kept the first round slightly competitive uh, for a lot of the first half of the first rounds the beat was kind of not doing a whole bunch he was really like being patient on the outside davis was definitely like looking to engage more um and then the beat started to get loose toward the latter half of the first round um he caught uh, Davis with a nice counter against a uh, nice little duck under, and then he came up with a left and kind of stung him with that. Um, started to get just a bit more loose, like he was having a little, a little bit more fun at the end of the, the first round. But then he just shows how versatile he is, and he, he goes to the grappling. And just he just has so much in his arsenal that it's almost not fair. <laughs> like, there's just There's just so much that he can do. Um, like you see his striking and just how creative it is, but you also got to worry about, you know, him getting against you in the fence and taking you down him doing that little, like little judo sweep thing (laughs) that that he does that Davis did a manage to, he got away from it. I think the first time, um, he shrugged it off, but, uh, second time he got caught with it, uh, uh, Zabit landed it perfectly. And then, like, once he gets on the ground, like, he's just, he's so long and rangy. Dude can just, he can just catch you with anything. And somehow, for the second time this night, the fight ended with a knee bar from the back, which is just, (laughs) it's hard to describe unless you even, unless you saw it, but. Did you see how far through on the other, the other leg, not the one that he was knee barring, that he got his, um. That he got his grapevine through, because mm. he was like all the like his hip was all the way on his like um 
Well, not his hip. Like, the crook of his knee was all the way through, like, on his crook of the knee. So he was literally just getting maximum torque on Brandon Davis. Yeah, it was... Like, how, how weird is it? Like, do you think Megan the Sheriff just saw that on, like, the video in the back? And, like, positive. Totally do it better. I'm positive. Because there's no... There's no... That what there's no way that was in your game plan. Like this is no, <laughs> like he was sitting in the back warming up. He happened to like look off to the left, and 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 saw like the end of, of the Aljamain fight, and he was like, "Oh no, I can do that. Like I, I got this." Just like I, so uh, he's so slick. I feel like he shouldn't be because he's a six one, one hundred forty five pounder. And like you feel like he should be like, like those tall dudes you played like basketball with, who are like six four, but like every time they walk, they they look like they're gonna trip over their own feet. Right. <laughs> like he should be extremely uncoordinated. Exactly. And it's like I can't even be mad at Brandon Davis because it's like, but no, no, nobody, you're not looking for that. Like <laughs> I'm pretty sure in all of your training camp sessions. Nobody prepared you that this dude is just gonna reach under your leg and just yank your knee off. Like, I mean, you you train for knee bars, but they're not in that like just the position that he pulled it off in. Like, you you don't see that that often. Like that's right. Like if uh, I think if I see somebody reach down for my leg, I'm thinking, oh, he's trying to break my my posture on my tripod. Right. He's off. trying to get me to fall like fall in some kind of way so he can advance position or sweep or just something else like that. Like he's not trying to just yank my knee yeah this is not a submission <laughs> position and, and now all of a sudden your your knees in like in front of your face right <laughs> like literally you... in front of your like his knee was like at his chin <laughs> like that's oh man that was that was wild um yeah man the beat is just a really really talented like if if this, I could like if there's any negatives like I, I'm kind of curious uh, he was supposed to fight Yair, uh, Yair Rodriguez another really tall long um featherweight but who but who is mostly just like kick centered like he's not gonna come out there and box with you um and da- uh, and Davis is like the complete opposite of that where he's gonna come out there and box and you know th- uh, string punches together anyway um. So and like I feel like Zabit was a little uncomfortable with Davis doing that. I'm not sure that's because he wasn't exactly sure what to expect. I don't know how much time his team put into like training him specifically for Davis after they got the switch, or even reviewing film or anything like that. But it felt it felt like he like was uncomfortable with the long dude punching at him, and that's like the only criticism I have. Yeah, I don't, he wasn't as, it's hard to say he wasn't dominant, because the fight wasn't competitive. That Yeah, it wasn't that close. It, but I, I, it wasn't like the wipeout, I think, that people were expecting, a lot of yeah. us, yeah, me, me included. I, I didn't think this fight would be remotely close. I thought he was just going to school him. But, yeah, you, you're right. There was like, the, the moments where he was backed against the cage, like, even though he was kind of moving and ducking his head out of the way, like. There were certain moments where it was like, I wonder if you were fighting like a top five guy and they had you in this position, would you be able to pull off the same stunt? Right. Like, would this work so well? And I'm, 
I'm really intrigued if they do do the Mendes fight. Um, no, that's, that's be, a good one. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Because I, I believe that Mendes could give him some problems. Um, Mendes does not shy away. I think Mendes would be in his face. Um, obviously, he's a beat, rangy, lanky. But Mendes, you know, short and stocky, but just crazy powerful, really athletic. Um, and a really good wrestler also. So I think that's a really intriguing matchup, and I, I, I hope they do actually do that because that face off would be hilarious. <laughs> you got Abe Lincoln looking down at like <laughs> the like the wrestling jock, huh? like a fire hydrant, right? <laughs> yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be so weird. But that I like that fight a lot, though. I hope they make that because Mendez looks like he has not lost a step since his suspension. He he looks pretty much like the same guy we've seen this whole time. Zabit has obviously just been out here doing Zabit things. Uh, and if if nobody else wants to fight Zabit, why why not why not just let the Mendez fight happen? We'll see if Zabit is really ready for that top flight competition and for uh, Mendez if he wins, you, you sent. Like one of the hottest prospects in the sport, you sent them back down the ladder, which is a really solid win. So I, I hope they do do that. I think that's a good, a good matchup. Um, but Zabit, really good performance, amazing finish, um, and we'll get back to knee bars <laughs> when we get to the prelims. Um, but yeah, shout out to Zabit. But like I said, shout out to Brandon Davis too, just for coming in on on such short notice. That's that's not an easy fight to take, and he. He, he did what he could. He did what he could. Sometimes um, you just got to take the fight, bro. Yeah. That's how you stay in business. All right. Brent Davis wasn't brought in to be a contender. He was brought in because Dana White knew he can count on him to to fill dates when needed. So. Yep. So. Keep your paychecks flowing. Exactly. Hopefully. Um, all right. This next fight. And this is like the only fight on the card where I was kind of like, eh. <laughs> no, it was a bad fight. Like I, I'm a Jimmy Rivera fan, and this was a bad fight. But it's not Jimmy Rivera's fault, so I don't care. Yeah, it, it it's and it, it was really hard to watch this because, like, on paper, it's like, man, this should be great. Like, but you just watched it unfold, and it was just, uh Like so, this is what kind of I'm not gonna. This is kind of what I expected because Dotson one has looked less powerful. Recently, he's he's just getting older. Like there's no way around it, and he he's a pure counterpuncher. And Jimmy Rivera is an aggressive pure counterpuncher who like waits till you punch so he can throw at the exact same time. And since he has fast hands, he'll crack you. All right. So there, we so we got a lot of like staring, staring and baiting and why don't you throw? No, why don't you throw? <laughs> But, I mean, I'll give Rivera props, like, especially towards the second and third. Like, it, it looked like he was at least trying, like, he was the one who was pushing the pace, who was at least trying to commit to some action, like, just trying to make something happen. Um, I mean, he was working the mud kicks. He he, he was, th- he would throw that right hand when he felt um, that he was at a certain, like, a good range that actually tagged Dodson because Dodson is quick as shit and was able to get out of range a lot. Um, I don't know. Hey, yeah, not, not. Dodson fights, like, 
<laughs> I feel like Dotson fights like he has like a longer reach than he does. Because he fights from the outside, but it's like you have like little T-Rex arms. Like you're not going to do a whole... Well, he fights from the outside because he can explode and jump six feet before most people can blink. So like he can throw that power hand and scare you off of him. He, he, he fights all like Tyrone Woodley. Except he doesn't have like the wrestling game or the... um. He doesn't have that switch where he can fight like coming forward. Like he is a pure out fighter, strictly because he's an amazing athlete and has like he has had one punch power. I I wonder with him because I I still I want to believe this is me being the the optimist. I still feel like he could be a solid like content. I, I wonder if like he just needs like a camp change or something. Cause he just—he's been off just for a while. Like it just—it just seems like there's something just hasn't been the same for him. Like I, I don't know when it started, but it just—I don't know. Uh, a, it seems like his last few fights have just been the same <clears throat> game plan, and it, it just hasn't worked. I mean, th- but this is like been his game plan for his entire career. This is the same like game plan that you know he had the uh, the, the DJ fights. Um, the Makovsky fight, the Moraga fight, uh, the Montague fight. Like, it's a lot of him waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And when the other guy finally either lets his guard down or steps forward, he'll crack and then run away. It's what cost, it cost him um, the Pat Runez fight all the way back in like 2009 when he was still on the regional scene. Like, I remember that fight. He beat the crap out of Runez for like two rounds and then spent the rest of the fight just running away. Like and that's kind of just been my whole mental image of Dotson as a fighter. I'm like, okay, he can do incredible stuff, but he's a one he's a one handed fighter. Like he doesn't use his left hand for anything except feigning. Yeah, uh, this this fight is what it is. I don't have much to. I will say if you, if you're a bantamweight, this is probably not the performance you want to have because. You know, Aljamain Sterling showed out on this card. Um, Freaking, what's his name? Uh, Bantamweight. Uh, you, you, like, it is a division where guys are showing out. Marlon Murray is out here showing out. Uh, John Lineker is out here showing out. Um, Pedro Munoz is out here just grabbing guillotines and beating the crap out of people. Um... Yeah. Right. It's like a not as deep as lightweight, but the same concept as to where like there are a lot of good guys in this division from top to bottom. And, so if you're not standing out Right. Like and they, and that's the thing, like they're out here impressing. It's not like welterweight where like Darren Till's grabbing split decisions over Wonderboy and Kobe Covington's having like these slop fest fights with RDA and Usman's out here, you know, thirty percent himself way uh, to to wins. <laughs> Like these, like these dudes are out here for blood. Like Pedro Yan is going to do terrible, awful things <laughs> to whoever he fights next. Yeah, man. Like so if you're not, yeah. Cody Sandhagen tore his own arm off. To beat <laughs> <Yes. Brielle Katara. laughs> right. Like. It's, this this isn't like when Bantamweight first started where it was like kind of just top heavy and then it kind of like faded off. Like, no, it's getting, it's, it's pretty stacked now. Like, like, 
like Brian Bowles versus Takeda Mitsugaki is never like is not going to get you into the top five anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah. Those, those those days are over. So yeah, if you're not if you're not impressing, you you might get left behind. Um, but you know, props to Jimmy Rivera. He did what he had to do to get the W. wasn't the most eye pleasing fight. Um, but you know, what's what's one mad fight? Out of a whole card, that was pretty awesome. Exactly. So I, well, I won't spend a ton of time just complaining about that one, but it is what it is. But, <coughs> oh. That, that was coughing. On to, back to awesomeness, back to violence, back to death. <laughs> Abdul Razak, Al-Hassan, and Nico Price. Um, there, there was no other way this fight was going to end except somebody just getting slept, and that's what happened. Um, I mean, like, straight out the gate, they were throwing. Nico landed, I think, a really nice, like, uh, left to start the fight. Um, they just kind of threw bombs. And uh, Hassan... <laughs> just just that little bit tighter. <laughs> yep. It's one of those, man. I just I landed just a little bit quicker, a little bit tighter. Uh, there's something about a standing KO that's kind of scary. Like, <laughs> he was just... Nico was like out against the fence and just kind of fell, and it was, ugh, it was one of those. Just, I hope he's okay. Um, but yeah, Abdul got that done in 43 seconds. Just, this is his ten, he is 10 and 1, and this is his 10th first round knockout. <laughs> like, dude throws with just ill intention every time. It's, but it's, it's fun to watch, man. He's out here just. He's taking souls left and right. I'm glad that in welterweight, like we're getting some, a couple of new faces are slowly starting to trickle in here. I'm happy the um, new faces are fun, right? Because the, the the current faces are not. <laughs> like it was, it was almost seemed at one point welterweight was gonna be like junior middleweight, like the young tough dads. <laughs> you know, maybe not the 40-year-old dads, but like that that 30-year-old like, like single father. Like, like the dude who had a kid when he was like 17. Right. <laughs> like, I felt like we were on track to do that. But some of these young guys, are, uh, they, they've been out here showing out. So, yeah, man, Al-Hassan has thrown his name in that bunch. Like he said, 10 first-round finishes. Just impressive and, and violent knockouts um i mean i'm not sure how far he can go up the ladder um but hey man if you can hit that hard you're you're always just one punch away <laughs> from winning a fight you're always welcome on my fight card yeah yeah like, and that was a good way to kick off the main card i was actually because if you look at just in terms of i guess for lack of a better term like star power there were, there were other fights I think that could have took this main card slot. I think. Yeah, I mean, this this have. fight was originally supposed to be Tatiana Suarez versus Carlos Barza on the main card, and then I guess they got a bunch of backlash for putting like three women's fights on the main card. Uh, I don't know why, because that that I mean, that would have set off this card too. Yeah, like the original for this card was Woodley Till, Shevchenko, Montano, Ma- uh, Magomed Sharapov, uh, Rodriguez. Suarez Esparza uh, and um, yeah, Andraj Kovalkiewicz. That kind of hurts, actually. You know what? I, ah, they should have switched it because if you would have put Suarez on the main card, that's even more like of a storyline because you see Andraj <laughs> kill Carolina, 
And we'll get to what Suarez did in a minute. So you've put two, well, I don't say new faces, quote unquote. Got, well, maybe, maybe one for people new face who, and like this other face who is just in the past year has been really putting her stamp on I'm still right. here. So like there's so, a storyline there. And I, yeah. Yeah. That, that would have been awesome. But, um, but, but I guess for Al Hassan, though, real quick before we move on, just really good performance. He kicked off the main card with just a bomb of a KO. And, just, you know. I'm going to bring up every time the Nico Price fights, but shouts to Nico Price for also bringing the violence. Um, there's a man who KO'd another man off his back by putting him <laughs> by putting his head in the crook of his foot and then hammer fisting it. <laughs> so, Nico Price, so he just went limp. Exactly. So Nico Price will always have a fan in me. So you know, yeah. This fight was like going to end with one of them unconscious. <laughs> yeah, there there was no other way. This I, I was kind of rooting for Nico, but like I, I couldn't even be mad at Hassan. Like that was just. It was just good violence. It was just nice, wholesome, <laughs> nice, wholesome violence. Like the, the alternative is this fight went three rounds and these poor men just beat the, the like literally just beat each other into early retirement. So I'm happy this is the way it went. Yeah, they got it out the way early. You know, um, be interested to see who they match Hassan up with next. Uh, there's plenty of violent dudes in the middle of the division for him to fight next. Uh, so they got these four and one in the UFC. Um, like I said before, all first round stoppages and wins. Only losses to Amari Akhmedov, who I don't even think is in the UFC anymore. Uh, is he? Uh, no, he still is. Oh, wow. Because when I saw him in like an ACB or Fight Night Global like lineup once. Since then, um, I don't know. Like, do you, like I guess you can give him somebody at the bottom of the top fifteen, but like. Is Gunnar Nelson doing anything? Um, God, no. <laughs> Who knows what Gun- <laughs> Where is Gunnar Nelson? What is he a? <laughs> is he still a person? Like where is he? Uh, he had a knee injury back in May or April, and I guess he's still nursing that. Um, uh, like I, 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 the winner of um Perry Cerrone. Like I like that. Like, where's uh? Well, I don't know. I don't know if anybody would like this. Where's uh? Didn't Sire win his last fight? Uh, about his art? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I'd be totally <laughs> down for that. Yeah. Throw them together. Like, those are two like that that middle of the division kind of guys who will just not quite tight, but they'll whoever. kill each other. Yeah. Like yeah. if you want two men to fucking just murder one another, this is that's perfect. Yeah. Do do a build with Sire. I like that fight. And then if he he beats Sire, give him like a top. Yeah, give him one of those top 15 fights. Um, but we'll see. Either way, man, props to both men just for kicking off the card. Just continuing the trend of just violence that was this card. Like, all of these fights were just so just brutal in, in one way or another. Um, so, shout out to Abdul. Um, shout out to Price for sacrificing himself like that. Very brave. Somebody, somebody, somebody had to do it. <laughs> but... All right, man. This next fight that uh that uh, headlined the uh, prelims on FX. Uh, you gotta put the you gotta put that word in quotes. Fight. Oh yeah, yeah. So so Carlos Barza didn't land a single strike over fifteen <laughs> minutes. 
Tatiana Suarez and Carla Esparza. So before this fight, so I've written off Esparza like her last like three fights, and then she proved me wrong. And then I wanted to give her a chance in this fight just because she's been proving me wrong. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if this is the one I can go to bat for you for. And, um, yeah. Um, she was, like, the second biggest, un- uh, like, underdog on this card, honestly. Like, there was some, like, I think the originally it was, like, Valentina Shevchenko. I think that's who I'm thinking of, was, like, the biggest under uh, was, like, the biggest, um, uh, not Val- Nico Matania was the biggest underdog. I'm not sure where Brandon Davis was. But, like, I feel like Carly Sparta was the biggest underdog on the card. It was, it was for good reason. <laughs> um, Suarez, man. Um, like, there are certain people you watch. Like, any fighter in the UFC, whether you're the top of the heap or you're, you're the guy who they just stash away on prelims, everybody's strong to some degree. You know, you, you got to be somewhat strong to just fight at this level, whether you're top of the division or if you're the bottom guy possibly on the way out the door. But then there are some people who just have, like, a different kind of strength. Like, it, it almost seems, <laughs> it's like superhero, like, unnatural, like, where, how did you get this strong kind of strength? And but Suarez is one of those people, that, and she That's just, the strength that you only get from a lifetime of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Like, she was tossing Esparza around like a little kid. Like, when you're, like, <laughs> I don't know if you have, like, siblings that were really younger with you, but, like, my, my little brothers I'm, like, considerably older than. Oh, you know, when, like, they're, like, seven, you just kind of, like, literally just pick them up and throw them. <laughs> like, that's what Suarez was just kind of bullying Esparza, like, from, from gate. She comes out, she does a little bit of striking, but we all know what's going on. Like, she's striking just to set up the takedown. And she pushes Esparza against the fence and just arm drags her down. Like, it was like a bully move. Like, I'm running your pockets. You can't do anything. Like, <laughs> pony up. Like, take every everything in your pockets. I'm, I'm, I'm taking all of it. And just, for three rounds, just manhandled Esparza. And... What's even scarier is she's not, like, one of those people that's like, I'm going to take you down, I'm just going to sit here and pity-pat punch, and then I'll just get a decision. Like, no, I'm going to beat you up. Like, it's going to, you're going to know you were in a fight. Elbowed her up, ground and pound, just, and if, if I felt bad for Esparza, because there were certain moments where she was able to reverse position, but Suarez is so relentless with takedowns, it's just, if she can get a hold of anything, she's grabbing you, and you, you're going back down. Like, by the second round, Esparza's face looked like Martin after he fought Tommy Hearns. Like, <laughs> lumps just all over her eye after just eating so much ground and pound. One of the most dominant performances um, I've, I've seen. Like, like the, uh, my only comparison would be, like, when Ben Askren beat the shit out of Andre Korshkov. <laughs> and he landed like 280 something strikes to like Corus yeah. like six. Yeah. Except this was worse because everything Suarez threw from the top actually hurt. Like everything had power, which I, I can't say for uh, when um, when Askren gets on top of you and he just kind of just pitter patters you for 
rounds until you basically break. But like, she, she's really picking up on like the ground and pound. Like, she she's starting. Uh, she she she's a fan. The, the the thing is like her wrestling. Like the the first attempt always failed, but she stuck with it and you know, she she would double. One of her takedowns was really like she went for um a, a sing, an inside single I think as far as I stuffed it, and she you she grabbed both like one side of uh, I think both of as far as his arms and just swung around to her back and dragged her down. Uh. Like she, she's just a next level wrestler. Like, like she, we haven't seen somebody like her in MMA yet. Maybe Kanoko Murata. Um, I think Serving Man probably got into MMA too late to be like that all that dynamic athletic wrestler type. But like, I, I'm, I, I, she's a nightmare matchup for basically everybody because nobody's ever faced anybody like her. Uh, like, she gets. There's nobody I can see who's strong enough to 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 ward off those takedowns. Like if she grabs you, it's 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 happening. Like <laughs> it's just it's, it's going down. Right, and she has a motor because she was out there in the third round, like still taking as far as a down, and then just getting on top of her and beating the crap out of her with thirty seconds left on the clock, to the point where the ref had to call the fight. Yeah, and it, I'm I'm glad it, even though the fight was like almost over. Um, yeah, I don't think as far as it needed any more punishment. Like it was just clear that she wasn't that there was no no there wasn't a comeback. The comeback wasn't happening. Right. Like like there there was no. I feel bad for as far as because she gets into like like this and the Yoana fight are not indicative of how good she is. She's actually really 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 good. It's just that she runs into these stylistic matchups where the other person's just so much better at what she does. Yeah. And it, it was sad because, like, her last couple of fights, like, we've seen her strike and make some strides, and she did not get a chance to show that, like, at all. Like, it just, it didn't matter. Right. It, it just, it just didn't matter. Um, yeah, man, Suarez is, uh, look, looking real future champish right now, right now. Like, um, the only fight I think I could pick against her in, well, fights, would be Andrade, just because Andrade is a savage. Yeah, she she will she is probably stronger overall than Suarez, but uh, who knows how that factors into the wrestling? Because Suarez is obviously a better wrestler. Um, and maybe Yoana Jacek, who is who whose entire career was based off of, oh, you're going to try to take me down. I'm going to beat you up while you try and do that. Right. So. And those are interesting. Like I think Andrade gets the next title fight. I think Joanna and Jacek's probably going to fight Valentina Shevchenko for the the flyweight title, or at least that's the UFC's going to offer her. Um, I don't know. Like who 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 do you want to see um, Suarez fight next? Uh, if Joanna, I, I I actually am really intrigued in Joanna fight. Even though I think she should go up to one twenty five, but if she stays. At this weight class, I would be really interested to see how that fight goes. Because I think if she gets past, if she gets past on Jacek in like impressive fashion, I think I feel comfortable saying she'll be champ. Unless Andrade 
starches uh <laughs> starches thug rules because i think andrade and suarez would just be a battle of two tanks who just have different approaches right and it's, po- it's um, possible they do that fight next because um who knows how rose's fight uh the neck is is holding up like we haven't heard anything like i think a month ago she was still talking about she doesn't know when she's going to be back so yeah that's concerning I mean, because there, there are other names out here, but I'm just, now Suarez is at that point where it's like, I don't want to just see you fight a name just for the sake of fighting the name. Like, who's actually really going to give you some problems? Right, and, like, yeah. like Gadella is a one-round fighter at 115. Like, she is physically, I think she's just physically past it at this point. Um, like, I don't want to see her fight Carolina Kovalkiewicz. I'm so like I, I don't need to see like that's a that's that's a Barbosa getting Khabib and then Kevin Lee back to back to me. Um, yeah, like I get like they could do Tisha Torres, um, but we've seen Torres get taken down by by like Michelle Waterson. Yeah, and like and I, has, I love Torres, she, but yeah, and she has like nothing to offer back that like that would worry me for like uh, for Suarez. Um, just beat Carlos. I'm just going down the uh, the rankings, like and the next one I guess would be like the winner of Waterson Herrig. Like if Andrade is getting the next title shot and Joanna is actually going to fight Valentina for the flyweight title, like Cadell is booked with um Nina Ansaroff. It'd be like Michelle Waterson, uh, Felice Herrig winner, or Courtney Casey. Who I I guess maybe I think what, I wouldn't be mad. What, the Casey fight would be like Casey's one of the fighters. Like she gets taken down really easily, and like I I can see her just getting her ass beat. Yeah, like because yeah. I was gonna say like if she's gonna if she's yeah. gonna like here's the thing she's gonna take down whoever she fights. Like I I'd rather yeah. she fights somebody who has a game off her back. And court, Casey kind of does. She's a fantastic like up kicker and stuff like that, but like. She she is more than content to just sit there and and like wait for like the fight to get stuff. She's not somebody's gonna be rolling to a hip for, to try and get up. I'm looking at the the weight class now, just looking at some of these names and like there are some good names here, but not anybody who I'm like, oh yeah, they'll give Suarez problems. Like even like any of the young other young like up and comers, I don't think they want that smoke. Like she's just like such a weird stylistic matchup because, and it's not it's not weird for like MMA, but just like for like like I said on the women's side, like there's nobody who wrestles like her. Like how do you prepare for that? Yeah, best of luck to anybody who's uh got her next. So. Some problems you might not want in your life. <laughs> Tatiana Suarez. I'm, I'm, yeah, whoever they match her up with, I'm really interested. I, I would love to see the Yoana fight if Yoana stays at uh, 115. But if not, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But either way, crazy dominant performance. I hope she's on. Uh, if they end up doing like that triple card, uh, that triple women's title fight card, put Suarez on that card, please. Like, yeah. uh, like at that, just Waterson, um, Harry winner, just give her that. I, I'd be like, I, I, she has to be on that card because she's the next challenger. Yeah, she got next. This, this, I don't think it's a question. 
Um, these these next three fights all had like crazy finishes. <laughs> next fight, Alderman Sterling and Cody Stamen. Um, Stamen's a, a really solid bantamweight. Like he's athletic, he's powerful. Striking's not like anything crazy, but like he, you he's know, a, he, it's, it's competent. He's a solid he, fundamentalist. Yeah, fighter, but I. He just doesn't have, to me, like, anything that, like, wows me. Right, right. And I, I think in this fight, like, Al Jermaine is just, you know, so we've seen him be inconsistent, but when he's on, he's, he's pretty creative. He's, he has his own little thing going on. <laughs> I don't really know how to put my finger on it, but he, he's like, a, he's a little different. He, he's a little, and his, whatever that little it that he has, it, it works. I just think he's, he's he was more well-rounded than Stamen. He had more to offer um lots of kicks lots of, of kicks especially like to start off the fight um and then when it came to grappling like stamen stamen took him down a couple times but we we seen like sterling was active off his back he threw up that triangle um he didn't you know sink it in but you know he, he threw it in he, he gave stamen i just think a lot to to think about um and then that that he started the trend of knee bars <laughs> on this card with just... Hold up, but before I even get to the knee bar, he almost had Stamen in a full Nelson. Like, <laughs> I don't even know who attempts full Nelsons anymore, but... Damn, this is yeah. a good time doing it. <laughs> yeah. he, 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 like, nobody even thinks to do that. Like, he literally flattens Stamens out and then, like, goes for a full Nelson. Has it in for a couple seconds, but uh, doesn't get it. Let's it go. But, um, yeah, man, he, he ends up on, I can't remember exactly how, like, the ending sequence was, but he was on Stamen's back. He reaches underneath Stamen's legs, pulls his leg out from under him. And like we said in the beat fashion, you would normally think, oh, he's reaching under my leg. He's trying to just, like, sweep, or he's trying to just pull my leg out so he can gain position or make me go off balance. It's like, nah, bro, I'm, I'm actually going to pull your knee out and... With his, it was even worse than Zabit's because he had it like bent to the side. Yeah, like it, ugh. it was, it was vicious, and he he yanked on that knee, and Stamen had no choice but to tap out. And this Sterling's fun to watch when he's on, man. Like when he's when he's at the top of his game, when he's fighting confident, which I feel like he's been in like his last couple fights since the uh, Marais KO. This this is the the Aljamain that I was hoping we would see. Like, I, I I hope he stays on this track. I feel like he's slowly becoming that contender that I think some of us thought he could be, but we just needed to see him put it together. And I feel like he's he's starting to put it together a bit more. And this this was just a really another solid performance and amazing finish. Um, you know, against the top. I think Stamen was top ten. I think he was ranked number. Yeah, because he beat Caraway. Um, yeah, so a really amazing finish against a top ten opponent, a t- opponent, and he won in pr- pretty emphatic fashion uh, with that knee bar that nobody saw coming. Yeah, um, I think he, I, I, he's made a conscious effort to to make his game work, which it didn't really do. Like when he was fighting a Sunstone Caraway, like it, it was a lot of kick, like it was also a lot of kicking, but it was like a lot of kicking in reverse. 
Um, cause it, it, like he just didn't have a boxing game until like the third round of the a Sun Sal fight where he was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to just throw, um, like against Mendez, against Burrell, against Johns. Like we've seen him become more comfortable just throwing we, and it's setting up his takedowns. It's help. Uh, like it's throwing it. It's throwing guys off. They don't know what to expect. Like Stamen really struggled, uh, struggled with the kicks. Like he just could not get like a a, a good distance on uh, a good beat on range, um here and like he, as you saw like it was a lot of Sterling uh, instead of Sterling hanging on the outside, trying to um you know shoot from distance a lot of him pushing Stamen back, um putting him against the fence taking him down there and, and when he got taken out it was no big deal he would just roll through and just like either try to scramble up to his feet or um try to get on top. So, just, like, this was probably the best all-around performance from Sterling in the UFC to date. Um, I, I, I'd like to see him fight Jim Rivera next. Yeah, I'm mad at that. Like, he called him out. He set the storyline. Let's, let's just get it done. Uh, I think that's a good enough fight to where, like, if he... If he wins that, that puts him in like that contender status. Right. Like he, he breaks that wall now. Either that or a rematch with Sunset, because I feel like he would, he could be a Sunset this time. Well, we'll see. But uh, you know, protect your knees out there. It's getting dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Guys are grabbing knees and then positions we didn't think it was supposed to happen. So uh, you know, stay 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 safe out there. But. Yeah, man, Aljamain Sterling, really solid performance, uh, great finish. And speaking of, of great finishes and great performances, um, there there were a lot. It's it's really hard to say. I felt like almost like everybody deserved like performance of the night. It's the type of night um, where you hope like discretionary bonuses are still a thing in the the, the Endeavor era. Right. Where, you know, they they bring you back like, listen, man, it, here's an extra like thirty grand, like just because. Right. Um, Jeff Neal, th- this was one of the performers that really, really stood out for me, which is saying a lot because there was a lot of great performances on this card, but Jeff Neal and Frank Camacho, um, Frank, <laughs> not to make fun of Frank, but I saw a tweet and it, it made me laugh. And then I felt bad after I left. Somebody said Frank Camacho, uh, is what you get when you order uh, a shady Robbie Lawler on eBay. <laughs> like the, he's, he's like the downgrade of Robbie Lawler. I thought that was funny, but I like I like Camacho though. So don't don't take that personal if you happen to be listening. I just thought that was I I chuckled. I mean, that, he looks exactly like Robbie Lawler. Right. <laughs> but Jeff Neal, man. Um, speaking of, of welterweights. You know, exciting welterweights, just new and fresh faces popping up on the scene. Um, this guy put on a performance that was just pinpoint striking, just everything was just perfect. Like, he just looked really, really, really good <laughs> out there. He was catching Camacho with that straight left, like it was just money. Um and I like how, like, he, he doesn't seem like he wastes a lot of energy. He land, he throws things that he's sure that he can land. Um, 
And I also like, because Camacho is just one of those wild guys who if he can bait you into a brawl, you know you know he's he's, he's about that life. Um, Neil had a couple of moments where like he would land a, like a crazy flurry and Camacho's just, you know, he's he's all for that. And then he would kind of ease off a little bit. And then he would wait again to, to land another one. Like he didn't, he didn't allow himself to get so drawn in to a brawl that he... Well, I don't want to foreshadow into the next fight, but the Charles Bird fight. Um, he did things, so he didn't end up like that. Right. Um, and we'll get to that <laughs> in a few. But um, he just fights really smart, but his striking is just so pinpoint. It's so beautiful to watch. Props to Camacho for just gutting a lot of this out. And then he had that moment where he, he literally did channel like a little Robbie Lawler where he, he eats like a... A nice little combo, and then he just starts yelling out of nowhere like a, a madman. Um, but all that was put to rest with a, a left head kick, a, a walk-off grand slam head kick. Where uh, you, you saw each part of like Camacho's body just shut down as right. he realized he's been kicked in the head. It, right. It shut down to like chronological order, like starting from his head, <laughs> and then his arms, and then his body. And then his legs just been back. It it was like after that such good performance, that was like the perfect way to end the fight. Like I just showed you guys like every facet of my strike and now I'm just gonna go home. So here's my parting gift. And just head kick. Camacho is out cold, no need to follow up, walk off, KO. One of the best performances of the night. Um Shout out to Jeff Neal, man. That that was amazing just no other words yeah just he, he really finds that ba- that nice balance between like just having the powerful left hand and um like just being lay on his feet like um like dan hooker's another dude who's you he knows when to plant his feet and how to move very quickly once he's done throwing um because like a, a lot of time you get guys who just sit there in the pocket and have a firefight um, because they landed, you know, they they hit really hard, so they think they have to throw like their entire body into the punch, so they're just there for like that extra second and get caught up in that fire, uh, that fire exchange. Um, yeah, like just just all around, just perfect performance from Neil. Like, I'm sure if I was to go back and watch it, I could find something to you know, just be like, oh, you should have done this, but I honestly wouldn't deserve that because it's just. Kamaja's a tough dude. He's been stopped on strikes before, but like he is the same dude who went to war um, with like the Leech. Like, and the Leech is hella hard. And like his war with Damian Brown and his war with Drew Dober. Like, there's a guy like Camacho is with the shits. He, he knows how to, to brawl. So just to see Neil go in there and just, you know, finish him and. Such a fatic fashion, like ESPN top ten play worthy fashion is just great. So like it, it's good that we have a Welterway who's exciting on the call up. Because we haven't we haven't had a lot of those recently. Yeah. You, uh, well, actually you know what? I can't say you old guys are getting out of here because the old guy showed out on his car too. <laughs> but um yeah man, Jeff Neal. Uh I also like Hassan. I'm just interested to see what they do with them moving forward. Like, what kind of matchups they give them next and how they'll perform when they start 
you know, fighting higher competition. But I don't think he really, like, needs to be rushed or anything. Like I said, that, that middle of the pack of this division, there are enough violent guys I think you can throw at them that'll give them good fights and they'll still be entertaining while still, like, testing them at the same time. Right. So I don't, I don't think there's a need to rush them, like, just yet. But, I mean, if they keep showing and proving, you know, they'll they'll head kick their way into a top 15, you know, fight soon enough. But uh, let me check something because I'm trying to remember something about Neil. Oh, he's been fighting. Oh, okay. Uh, he's been fighting since 2012. All right. So he's still getting better from fight to fight. Not, not shabby. Not, not shabby at all. I wonder what gym he trains out of. Oh, um... Because I know he's in Texas. I'm, I'm pretty sure he trains out of there. I just I don't know what uh, what gym he's affiliated with. Uh, it does not say on Tepology. Let's try... Yeah, I try to, like, find him on Twitter. I don't feel like... I don't even know if he has, like, a social... He has Instagram. <laughs> oh, okay. Hands of Steel. I uh, whatever... Fortis uh, MMA Strat... Uh, Strat... I think this is supposed to be Strikings, but it's just says STR Kings... So Fortis, where have I heard that name? I think there were some people in LSA who trained out of that. Uh, Charles Bird. Out of that gym. Yeah, so yeah, I've, I've heard of Fortis before. Ooh, Eli Tamez, uh, Damon Jackson. Okay, yeah, yeah, Damon Jackson, that's where I remember from. Rashad Coulter, greatest heavyweight of all time. There we and, go. Oh, Rashad <laughs> there, we, there we go. There we go. So yeah, man, what the work those guys are doing, man, it's, it's working. Because Neil is, he is looking extra sharp out here. Um. Like I said, walk off head kick KO, and and a card of violence this this stood out, and that's saying a lot because there were a lot. Like I said, there were just so many good performances on this card, but that one stood out to me. Um, so shout out to Neil, and shout out to Camacho, who's just always down to bring violence. Um, always tuning into one of his fights, but Jeff Neil definitely keep an eye out on on that guy. Um, this next fight, Darren Stewart and Charles Bird. Um. <laughs> I was just about I don't remember this fight in, in like super specific detail but I remember there was I was literally just about to tweet like how impressed I was with Charles Bird right before this fight ended like <laughs> he, he was doing so good like it just seemed like everything was just kind of working for him he was doing really good on the feet it, it just it seemed like he was about to he was just on his way to have one of those performances where it's like, oh, man, maybe we should keep an eye on this guy. Like, he, he looks like he might have something. Like, no, well, maybe not like a, not a world beater or maybe a guy who won a title. Just just like a solid guy who, a new face to look forward to. And just as everything looks like it's all systems go, uh, Stewart shut him down <laughs> in the second round. Um, he caught him with a nasty, really short elbow that kind of clipped him. And I just, I don't think he ever really recovered from the elbow. Like, he, he got clipped with the elbow, he got startled, he got moved back a little bit. And Stewart started to get his strikes off. And I just think, I don't think Bird ever really recovered. And I think he ate, like, another elbow. And eventually he just collapsed to the ground from the punishment. And they just waved it off. Um, good job for Stewart for just stand in the fight because i mean he was definitely seemed like he was losing but you know you're, you're never done until you're done and he, he he pulled off the best comeback uh on this card man so props to him for just standing there surviving that first round 
still having his wits about him. And when he got an opportunity, man, he because he snuck that elbow in there real quick. It was it was really slick. Um, and he got he got Charles Bird out of there, and he uh, that that poor crowd <laughs> it got it got real quiet <laughs> after he got that finish. So shout out to Dan Stewart, man, really great comeback performance. Um, but night, really good showing from Bird. Just you know, one of those fights, unfortunately, where you're winning and until you're not, and he just he got caught. But Stewart, you know, took advantage of, of an opportunity and, and got the job done. Right, I, like I didn't see most of the fight. Um, I saw the at the end with Stewart elbowing the crap out of him. Um, yeah, I really thought I to say like Stewart is just, dude's just dangerous. Like he, he is, he, like dude, dude is flawed. But he, he, he will if you if you give him the chance, if you just hang around with him in the pocket, like he's got, he's always got that power. I mean, he's a big, strong dude. He's gonna like if he hits you with something, it's gonna hurt. So, yeah, not a whole lot to say about it, but, but fun finish. Yeah. Really, really, really awesome comeback uh, win. So that uh, caps off the FX prelims. Uh, going down to the Fight Pass prelims. Uh, all the No Country for Old Men, all of them showed up. And the, the old men held it down. <laughs> uh, Diego Sanchez and Craig White. Um, before this fight, I was like, I don't really want to see Diego Sanchez fight. I don't really care to see this. Um... But uh, Diego took the young buck um, and just kind of beat him up. <laughs> like, <laughs> Craig White is the worst defensive wrestler in the UFC. Like, and I and I don't mean that as in like, um, and you know, I mean that as in he doesn't try because Diego Sanchez the takedowns Diego Sanchez was hitting were like there was like no resistance. It, it was like White had never seen the takedown before. <laughs> and for like the 13 seconds combined that they were on the feet, he white hurt the crap out of Sanchez. Like I think he even dropped him once. Yeah, he he caught him. I don't know what he. I'm, caught not, him. I'm not sure I if he dropped him he... or if he just like pushed him and it, 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 it just kind of made Diego dizzy. But he definitely like he definitely knocked him down once and like Sanchez like scrambled back up to his feet and took him down immediately. It was um, it was like when you uh, made this reference earlier. You just kind of beat up your little brother. This this was way more violent though. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, I'm surprised White went went the distance because he was getting the ship kicked out of him. Yeah, it was bad. Like Sanchez pretty much did what he wanted, and anytime White had a any small moment, um, yeah, it it just didn't matter. Sanchez just. He turned back the clock. He just he turned back the clock. But the one so thing Sanchez on... can do is wrestle. Like we we were in when he fought Jim Miller. Right. The, the problem is like most dudes won't let him wrestle. Like Matt Brown and I, I Quince are gonna let him wrestle. So. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Oof. I, I hate this fight because it's gonna give Diego Sanchez like false hope. Yeah, like now he's gonna be like, you see, I just want to fight against a young guy. I can definitely still hang. Well, we'll we'll, we'll see. 
Hopefully, uh, I think I think he just wants to beat like um Roy Nelson's like absorb punch record. <laughs> well, according to a, a headline that I saw, he said he he wants to have a, a Bisbing like run to end his career. So uh, yeah, somebody should sit that boy down. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. But um, think up. Yeah. This 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 is this is your knocking out Luke Rockhold Diego Sanchez. <laughs> Accept it and go. Like, why right. can't we just get like these like Diego Sanchez with BJ Penn? Like just do that. Why why is BJ Penn always gotta get thrown? We need to just leave BJ. Because you know he's coming back. I don't know. I'm just saying <laughs> like. Why are why are we having to... why are we doing this? Why are we having Diego Sanchez fight Matt Brown and Al Quinto and freaking what's his name? Uh, like all these young guys, younger guys, less beat up guys. Let's go there. I don't know. We'll 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 see. But for now, old guy turns back the clock. Um. He was the well, he was he was one of two elderly gentlemen on this card who turned back the clock. Uh, Jim Miller and Alex White. Um, so I remember like when they were doing the walkouts, uh, they were saying uh, like Alex White obviously trains and all that, but apparently like he just doesn't watch a lot of MMA in general. So when he gets a fight, he's just kind of like, oh, I guess I'm just fighting. So, like, his camp knew who Jim Miller was, and they were really excited because that's a, you know, it's a name, so established veteran, all that good stuff. And he just kind of like, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, uh, Jim Miller turned back the clock. Uh, he put the pause on Mr. Alex White. Um, he looked really fast, really nimble out there on his feet. Um, just really good with his hands, he clocked <laughs> Alex with a left, um, nice little combination flurry at the end, he, I think he threw like a left, then it was a right to the body, and then he came back up with the left, or might have been vice versa, but either way, it was like head, body, head, drops white, they get on the ground, he, he just snatches his neck up, <laughs> and chokes him out, and it was over within like a minute and like 30 seconds, um, and according to Miller, at least I think he's, they said in the post-fight, like, this is the best he's felt since he got diagnosed with Lyme disease. I guess he's been doing better with, like, the diet and all that. So his training camps have been going better. Um, and he's been able to, like, push himself more. So, hey, man. He, this was another fight where I was like, ah, Jim Miller, I don't want to see him get worked out here by some young gun. But, hey, man, have no fear. Old men are out here laying waste to the youngins. Um... Yeah, <laughs> not much else to say. Right, like, uh, White has always been a, def- a terrible defensive fighter, so kind of makes sense that he gets destroyed by Jim Miller coming back off of Lyme disease or having somewhat recovered from Lyme disease, I should say. So, um, is it crazy that Alex White pushed James Krause not even like a few months ago and James Krause moved up and beat the crap out of Wes's face. <laughs> Worldly Alvarez. Hey, man, these, these weight cuts. 
Not worth it, man. Go up the division and start your other exactly. people. But shout out to Jim Miller, man. He he looked really good out there. Um, nah, we still got. Gee, this next fight was crazy. Irene Aldana and uh, Lucy Pudalova. I'm saying that right. Um, just violence on violence <laughs> on violence. Um, Pudalova, the way she, the way the first round ended, where she threw. It was like she was playing Tekken, and she just kept alternating between pressing X and circle, and she was just throwing a lot of kicks. Like, within that last flurry of the first round, she had, like, a front kick, a leg kick, a body kick, a spinning kick. <laughs> like, she was just throwing, like, every kick she could think of. Um, now, it looked like she had Aldana a little uncomfortable. Like, it, it looked like it wasn't looking too good, but... um. I was impressed with Aldana. I felt like this was one of those fights um, in a somewhat similar fashion. Just this might be a terrible comparison, but like the Neil Camacho where like Pudalova in Camacho fashion was looking like she was just like she was about that brawl in action. She was just trying to throw and kill. But Aldana never got outside of her game. Like she, she would engage in a few flurries, but she stayed tight for the most part. Um one thing she did that uh, I love that a lot of my favorite fighters don't do when it costs them, she she did a good job of not getting her back caught against the fence. She circled out a lot instead of getting caught against the fence and, you know, potentially getting punished for it. She circled out a lot. Really good head movement, slipping punches. Um, this was just a really nice back-and-forth scrap. But I, I just think this in the second and the third, Aldana was just a bit more cleaner better defensively um fresher yeah fresher and then she was battering poodle over with those leg kicks um yeah man it, it was a really and i think this got uh, uh fight of the night i want to yeah. say uh which is crazy because this was the second fight on the card <laughs> like <laughs> this was the second fight and we already got fight of the night and these two ladies just threw down just really just good back and forth non-stop action between both but like i said aldana was just a bit more cleaner uh technique just a bit more better a little more footwork head movement all that good stuff um but they both were bloodied up after the fight like <laughs> it was it was really awesome to watch so shout outs to aldana shout outs to both uh her and Pudalo putting on just a really great performance um yeah it this was just a, an awesome fight at bantamweight okay I really thought that Pudalova's pace would break Aldana down the stretch. It turned out to have the opposite effect. Pudalova threw everything she had into every strike. As a result, just faded like halfway through the second round. Um, uh, like I'd really like to see more like body punching from Aldana. Like she she did a great job here of um, stop uh, of stopping uh, some of Pudalova's forward movement with like the leg kicks. But like I think she would open up that right hand so much more. If she was just throw a jab to the body every once in a while, just something to like stop somebody from um, so the, the, from like trying to close distance on her constantly. Um, she, she like you said, she did a really good job staying off the fence, um, not getting caught. Like I, I'm having like flashbacks to like the Leslie Smith fight where like Smith Smith just like out punched her, and she did a good job of just not staying in those exchanges, uh, like, to the point where, like, Pudalova was able to throw, like, eight or nine punches at a time. Um, 
Yeah, no, this is a really good fight for both women. Um, I, I, I think they both come with stronger for it. Uh, Pulova's only 24. Aradana really needed this win because I think she's like 1-2 in the UFC for prior or 1-3 or something like that. Like something, uh, she, she one and two. She was one and two. Like she was coming at. She was actually coming off her first win, um, beating Talita Bernardo, Bernardo, um, early, uh, back in January. So you know, yeah, it keeps her in the UFC. It shows that she's still growing. Um, she hasn't been fighting that long. I want to say like uh, twenty twelve. I guess kind of been fighting a while. Five years, six going on six. Um. But like we're we're starting to see her game round out in ways that we haven't before. So I'm I'm excited to see if she can you know if she takes that next step and actually becomes like a contender. Because that that because that's all that's next. Yeah, I was gonna say in a, in a division that really needs <laughs> someone, anyone, yeah. everyone. Don't come here, ye <laughs> to, to anyone who can, you know. Breathe a little bit of life back in the bantamweight, but yeah, great, great performance from both fighters. And the last fight on the card, uh, Jared Brooks and Roberto Sanchez. Um, I don't remember this fight in a ton of fashion. I just remember it being a lot of takedowns, um, and Brooks getting the better of most of them. I think that was one point where like one of them went for a knee bar for like half a round, <laughs> or something like that. If I'm thinking of the right fight, but um. Yeah, I just remember it just being a lot of takedowns, and eventually, towards the latter half of the fight, like, Brooks just kind of took control. I was actually surprised this even went to a split decision, but, um, yeah, Brooks handled him more on the ground, just kind of was able to get on top of him. Roberto couldn't offer much from his back. Um, yeah, just kind of took him down, ground and pound, just kind of one of those kind of fights. Not super exciting, just a, a solid performance to just get a win, which for Brooks, you know... With some of the way his fights have been going lately, and the the fact that I think he took this fight on notice. yeah five days notice, um, I don't know. Did you hear about what happened to him after the yeah, fight? Yeah, so uh, apparently, according to Brooks, he passed out like almost immediately after leaving the octagon. Like, um, there was a fan in attendance who tweeted out that she saw Jerry Brook like pass out while he was walking to the back. Then he woke up. And threw up a whole bunch. Um, and according to him, it's because he he was just exhausted. He cut. He had to cut weight. And um, at, like, where's your book space? Is he based out of Florida? Like, travel, all that good stuff. He, he had. To, he basically had to make weight by Friday to, to for this fight. Which, you know, I don't know. Uh, like he said, he was in gym shape. I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know if that means he was walking like fifteen pounds overweight or, um. Yeah, he was doing if he was just doing one a days and stuff like that. Um, like, yeah, uh, like if you're gonna have a last minute replacement, like just do catch weight. Like, have him come in at one thirty or whatever. All right, I don't need guys like almost killing themselves. Yeah, especially for like the first fight on a fight past prelim, that really ultimately probably doesn't mean anything. Um. Shout the Brooks, like he, like not trying to take away from you know what he did out there. Like Sanchez uh, came out early with the wrestling; he was on top for uh, the good majority of the first round. 
Um, and then Brooks came out and just took him down for the last two as Sanchez kind of just sat there and didn't do anything not off his back. Like he, re- he really did. Like he tried to. Like I think he was the one who tried to get the knee bar in the third. But like for like the most part, he was just. Oh no, that was um, that was Brooks in the first round. He was trying to like um, like he was using it to try to like get Sanchez off him. But um, yeah, like he Sanchez really didn't have an answer off his back, which is really weird because he's a jiu-jitsu dude. Like he wasn't even trying for stuff. It felt like. Um, Brooks really didn't do much with top position. Like I want to say, towards the end of the third round, he was really throwing. Like he was really putting some stuff, uh, some oomph into the uh, the ground and pound the elbows. But uh, it 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 it, it wasn't um, a very fun fight. It was kind of dull. To, to be honest, uh, huh. it was it was wonderful. Yeah, it, it's, but... it's what happens when you come in on five days notice. Like this yeah, is obviously yeah. not peak Brooks, and Sanchez, yeah. to his credit, was supposed to fight somebody completely different in like Ryan Benoit. Yeah. So, but like I said, so that's like two meth fights out of a bunch of other ones that just ended in violent or crazy fashion. Right. So there will there will be no complaints. And like I said, five days notice, I, I can't really ask you to do much more. Like you you just went out there and got a win, so. Shout out to Jared Books for coming on five days notice and handling business, and that was it. That was a uh, UFC 228. Um, this is one of the best cards I think I've seen this year. Like, I felt like there was something for everybody. Like, if you, if you were a fan of older guys and just wanted to see them win, they won. If you wanted to see new prospects and new faces to get excited about, you definitely saw that. Um, if you wanted to see some brutal knockouts, you, you saw that. There was literally there was something for everybody on this card. And more importantly, like a lot of these fights, aside from just being exciting, like they had meaning. You know, Woodley is adding to his legacy. You know, Suarez is further showing she's a, a top contender and she's ready to t- make that next leap. Um, Andrade, the same, showing she's ready for another title shot. Um... A, a, a lot. I think there's a lot of good to pull from this card. Um, yeah, I, I was thoroughly enjoyed this from from top to bottom. Like this whole card had me interested. It, it like I said, it, and everybody died so quick, so it went by kind of fast, or at least it felt like it. <laughs> so I didn't feel like I was dragging watching this. It this was awesome from from top to bottom. And oh, I, okay. I had it pulled up and then I lost it. So, uh, Montano put out a statement um, about the whole situation. And just to paraphrase, because this is a wee bit long. Um, so, just to read a couple of these sentences. So, she said, I stopped sweating early. My kidney shut down. I had an imbalance of electrolytes. Uh, my sodium levels were way too high. When I got to the hospital, the doctor told me that it was the best idea, that if I had waited even 30 minutes longer, it could have led to cardiac issues. Uh, with that said, I had no intention to drop out of the fight. I look good at open workouts, so on and so forth. So kind of just to paraphrase some of this from what I'm reading, um, she wanted to make the fight. I, I guess she knew she wanted to make the fight in October, basically, um, to give her time to have like the proper weight cut and all that good stuff. Uh, but they wanted her, I guess, like forcibly <laughs> to take this fight in September. 
Um, and they were threatening, I guess, even beforehand to strip the title from her had she not taken it in September. So she just signed the contract because she, you know, obviously didn't want to lose her belt and she just wanted to make the fight. Hmm. Um, she goes on into some other uh, details. I'm sure you guys can find this. I'm reading this on uh, MMAweekly.com uh, from a Twitter link that I just randomly saw pop up on my timeline. So if you guys want to look further into that situation, um, and I think she posted it on her Twitter also and on Instagram. So if you want to just get any more in-depth look into how that whole situation went down, or at least hear her side of the story, um, it is out there. But um, that's got to put her in a weird spot, though, because it's like you never even got to defend your belt. They strip it from you. Like you said, it, it if if things go the way we think they'll go, they'll probably do Shevchenko versus... Um, uh, young Jacek. And I imagine that even when you come back, I don't think they're rushing to put you in a title. Right. Race. So it's like, <laughs> like, it's just, it's almost like she can't, she can't win. Like, because when you come back, and I'm sure she comes back, I don't know what they're going to do with you. Who knows? Like, uh, um, my I, my guess would be they would give her the toughest matchup possible, and that uh, like as punishment because that's kind of what they do. Um, I don't know, but but, but pro- she's probably not going to be fighting for the uh, for for the title anytime soon. Again, which sucks, but because she's a great story. Yeah, it, it really is. Like she, if I mean, you guys haven't read it, go read her um, profile that uh, I think is Scott Morgan. I can't remember the dude's name. Uh, something Morgan. Scott Harris, I think, actually. Scott Harris. Uh, and it, it just sucks that she won't get a chance to, like, like I said, you got the belt and you never really got the show. Right. You know, regardless of how you thought she would do in the fight, all that aside, like you still just want to see it. Just they, they, everybody deserves a chance to show like what they can do, and like she just, it seems like she's not gonna, well, at least anytime soon. You know, really, really get that chance. Right. But, but if you guys want, go check out um the profile that Scott Harris did on her for uh, Bleacher Report. It's actually pretty insightful. It tells you about her upbringing. Um, you know what her culture means to her, like. She was talking about how, like, after she won the title, she went home. Like, her whole community threw this, like, whole super parade for her, which is really cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's really good stuff. Go go check it out. Well, that's uh, pretty much it for the episode. Um, awesome card. Went by pretty fast. If you didn't see it in real time, definitely go back and, and watch. All of these fights, um, you you will be thoroughly entertained. Um, so yeah, I guess we can just move on to parting shots and shout outs. Um, I guess I got a couple shout outs. Uh, we, we briefly mentioned it earlier, but uh, shout out to Naomi Osaka uh, who took on Serena Williams in the U.S. Open Finals. Um, I, I didn't get a chance to watch this, but she won from what I saw in pretty dominant fashion. 
Um, I won't address, I, well, for one, I can't really address all the controversy in the match because I didn't see it. So I, I can't, I don't want to comment on something I didn't really watch unfold myself. But all of the drama and all of that aside, um, to be 20 years old, <laughs> be playing in the U.S. Open, yet alone making it to the finals and beating like one of the greatest athletes we've probably ever seen, um, that's crazy to do at 20 years old. So shout outs to her. Um, shout outs to Serena, who just seemed like it's been her against the world for like these last forever in a day now. Um, and she's still out here making it to the finals, still out here, you know, obviously she fell short, but just still being the Serena that we know she can be. So shout outs to her. Um, also shout outs to the University of Kentucky football team, college football is back in full swing. I think they beat the University of Florida for the first time since like 1986, which was before I was even born. Um, so shout outs to y'all, cause um that's a long drought right. to take an L. Like I was born in '89. Damn you old. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys the last one was in 86 <clears throat> yeah I did just throw my age out there I'm a, I'm a little old head now I'm, I'm getting, getting up there I told people at my job I go to sleep early because I'm old and washed now I can't can't stay up like I used to I feel you, I feel when, you. It's, yeah, when, when it's like 10.30 really before 10.30 it's like 10, 10 10.30 I'm looking at the clock like alright it's about time to wrap this up I gotta go to sleep but um yeah, shout shout outs to uh University of Kentucky football team and uh Naomi Osaka. Um, I feel like I had a shot, but I don't know. I'm in good spirits today, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be negative. I don't, I don't have, I'm not gonna throw any shots at anybody. So there are plenty of people who deserve it, but I'll let them live. Uh shouts to um this website, teacherfunded.info. Um if you're a teacher and you pay out if you pay for school supplies, uh Teaching supplies out of pocket is a is a database where you can go and log how much you spend of your income into what you put into your classroom. Um, there are a lot of teachers don't get paid nearly enough to uh, to do their jobs. We all know that. Um, there's a great um, there's, there's a great tool to see how much. Um, Teachers have to reinvest of their own salary into our children's education. So I think it's a great tool. It's um, I, I, when I checked it this morning, I think it was down, but I think that's because it like kind of just blew up on Twitter, and the guy who developed it probably didn't build the website to you know deal with so many people. So yeah. so, but you know, eventually, uh, by the time we're out here in this, it should be back up. Check it out. Great tool. Um, a little bit more somber. R.I.P. Mac Miller. Um, I was a big Mac Miller fan, like, but I do remember uh, I went to Rock the Bells down there in like Maryland, I think actually, like, almost ten years ago. Hmm. And Miller was there. Um, he he wasn't performing or anything. He was literally just there hanging out, like just like talking with fans and stuff. And he was cool and chilling. He had like a whole conversation with my brother, um, who was a fan of his. And mind you, he was like what, like seventeen, eighteen years old. Yeah, he was really, he was really young when he, when he. Yeah, started. he like he he was a young guy. Um, 
Like he was not. He's only like a year older than me. Maybe he was only a year older than me. Um. So so like that was yeah, really was. cool. So of him to you know sit there and just talk to oh. us for that little bit of time. So it was. I mean, obviously, sad situation. But it was. It has been good to hear like all of the stories I've heard about him like since he passed. Like nobody's had like a bad thing to say about him. Like. It just seems like he was really, like, one of the few people you come across as, like, just genuinely a good person. And, you know, he's not out here, wasn't, you know, stepping on people's toes or wilding out, going crazy. Like, just genuinely a good person. Right. Um, yeah, his his story kind of hit, I don't to say hit home, but it, it kind of stung a little extra. Because, like, I wasn't, like, a huge fan of his. Um, though my one Mac Miller story that <laughs> the the one time I dove into his music, I was very thankful. Um, I think like the first time I gave him like a full album listen was um I don't remember what was the album called uh, Movies with the Lights Off the 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 cover where he's like sitting naked at the table and like the the like the parental advisory stickers like blocking out right. his junk. <laughs> but um, I remember the night um. I don't know if that was the day the album came out, but I remember that night before I listened to it, I listened to Yeezus before, and I, I hated Yeezus. I was so mad after I listened to that <laughs> album, and I was like, I do not want to end my night listening to Yeezus, because this left a really bad taste in my mouth, and then people were talking about Mac Miller. I was like, let me give this a listen. I've never, like, I've listened to him in passing, but never, like, a full, like, album listen. And I remember like really liking that album. Like it was, it, it was a lot better than what I thought it was gonna be. Um, he had a lot of like a, a lot of just nice cuts on there, and I just remember that album made me feel a lot better about <laughs> that night after I had to suffer through Jesus. Um So yeah, that's like the one memory of like his music that I have. But um, yeah, man, it was just really sad because do you? Like I said, I'm, I'm 29. He's only 26 years old. Like that's that's crazy. Like, so much more, like, life to live and things to do. And it, it really seemed like his career was really going on an upside. Because I remember the first couple times I had heard him, like, when he first came out. And it was kind of like one ear out the other. But I could tell, even just by keeping an eye on him, his last, like, three to four projects, he's shown, like, so much growth. And then um, I know a lot of people been posting his uh little npr tiny desk concert that he has that was pretty good um it just seemed like he was really on the up and up and it just it sucks to lose somebody like that early in life because like you there's so much more like you you could have done um and you know and the, the people who are like blaming ariana grande like y'all got that you like yeah 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 terrible. that's the shot yeah, that's just y'all yeah, like yeah, yeah, like literally the worst people on earth. Yeah, and I don't even want to dive into that too much. Y'all, yeah, just don't don't do that. Don't be one of those people. Like she, that's that's not her fault, like whatsoever, at at all. Um, just so we don't end on like you know, I want to say a dour note, but um, uh, shouts to Amanda Serrano, record uh breaking sixth divisional world champion uh she in six different divisions six different titles um i think she already held the record for most by a woman already i think this is most by anybody actually now like man or woman 
So, you know, shout out to her for that. Is she doing? Is she getting into she MMA? She fought in Combat to Americas, and she fought. She won two rounds, and then got like her ass kicked in the third round, so it was a draw. So I think she just went back to boxing, which I can't blame her for. Like, you know, hopefully, I'm I'm hoping she gets like some big paydays down the line somewhere somehow. They start putting her fights on Showtime. Like, she's a fun fighter. Um, yeah, you know, like not that it should count for anything, but she's also good looking. Like, like she and she has like a personality for TV. Like, there's no reason she shouldn't be on TV. I'm completely oblivious to boxing weight classes. She's not anywhere near cyborg. Uh, she just won yesterday at 140, but she is a natural 126, 130er. Oh, <laughs> all right, never yeah, mind. No, she, 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 she is not. <laughs> if anybody's gonna fight her, um, Cyborg, she be like Cecilia Breakhouse or um, what's her face? Is... Let me just pull up this real quick before we go. Ratings, uh, well, Junior Welterweight, yeah. Or super lightweight. Whatever. God damn, I hate boxing so much. Just pick a name and stick to it. Um <laughs> I guess it'd be Erica Furrias who's the uh the number one at one forty. Uh out of Argentina. what did I say like that? Argentina. Um So it's her, it's Breakhouse. Oh wait, no. Um it's her, it's Breakhouse and McCarter. And I guess super welterweight, which would be junior middleweight, which would be Hannah Gabriel's the woman who Clarissa Shields just beat. So if Cyborg really wants to do the boxing, then there there are women to fight. Probably more than there are for her in MMA. <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Toronto. I got I caught a little bit of tail end of that fight. Um, so yeah, man, that's a. Uh, Pretty much been another uh, episode of the JoJo Talk podcast. Real last thing I'll say before we leave: um, planning my book rollout soon, so I'll be recording uh, podcasts in relation to that. Uh, there'll be more writing uh, focus podcasts, I, I guess, so to speak. Um, I'm hoping to have at least an episode out by the end of this month. Um, I'll get some time off of work in the next couple of weeks, around the 22nd. So I'll have a lot of free time on my hands. <laughs> so I'm hoping to use that free time to to work on that. So um and just to kind of roll it around uh in somewhat relation to the Mac Miller thing. Um, one of my first topics that relates, I think, to a lot of creative things that doesn't get talked about is just like mental health and things like that. Um, so that that's something I definitely will dive really deep into. Um, for that first episode so be on the lookout on that that'll that'll be something and i will tie this all somehow into the rollout of my book um, i'm learning as i go i'll figure this out but that'll be a thing but anywho that's been another episode of the dojo talk podcast check us out on youtube soundcloud itunes or itunes please rate subscribe leave a review listen to us on google play check out the dojo talk podcast facebook page Follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com. Thank you guys for listening. All the Twitter listeners and Tumblr listeners and all you guys who like and repost. Definitely appreciate it. Um, but we are out of here. I want to go eat and then play Spider-Man.
<laughs> so, as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we'll be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.